Danae, the combination of your distraction and Jonathan's inability not to comment on everything in front of him <laughs> is just the worst. I'm sorry. sorry. I'm no, sorry, Aaron. No, it's all right. I'm We're just trying sorry, to keep us Aaron. on track here. Welcome to Behind the Sins, presented by CinemaSins. Welcome to Behind the Sins, a weekly look at everything going on inside the world of CinemaSins. I'm Aaron Dyson, and I'm joined as always by Jonathan Watkins. Hello, hello. And Danae Hughes. On Discord. We write for CinemaSins and TV Sins and do various other things inside the CinemaSins universe as well. Speaking of Discord, we have let our uh, our members know, our Sin Club members on Discord know that we may be doing a little bit of a live check-in, live video check-in for them today during the comment section. So that's going to be fun, a little bit of something new, another reason maybe to check out the, uh, the Sin Club membership over at Patreon. Uh, or no one will come. And or it'll no just one be will come. And there'll be crickets, there. and we'll all feel terrible about ourselves. <laughs> if that happens, I will just share the link to our Discord behind the scenes channel. We'll just make up. Uh, Susie, <laughs> Susie, oh. you know, oh. Susie. <laughs> Oddly, Danae has another question. <laughs> our big fan, Susie, has another question. That'd be hilarious. We're making up names, but we just use the same one anyway. We're, just, we're, just, we're, we're confident enough to just make it up, but not confident enough to pretend like, like there's more than now, one person. Like, I'm, I'm going to be disappointed if there isn't a day of where everyone has a Susie uh, <laughs> tag on Discord. That's right. Like oh that day God. everybody was Chris. Yeah. Uh, we we do love listening to you guys' suggestions, though, and us doing some type of a live element has been heard so yeah this is us uh, starting to test that out you can find out more at patreon.com slash cinemasins we're excited to get there but we got some stuff to go through first we're gonna kick it off with this inside scoop what's he building in there I've got a pay no attention to that man behind the curtain this is a true story we're going to take a look at uh, videos from the week, the process of sending them, and how we felt about the show, movie, commercial, whatever, in general. Uh, <laughs> I did think it was funny last week. I did a thing because I've noticed how much I say, uh, during the intros. So during one of the intros last week, I just threw it in after like every word. I don't know if you remember this. I was like, uh, a, a look at the uh, videos from the uh, week, the uh, process of uh, sending them and uh, how we uh, felt about like that kind of thing. And I got a private message from somebody who was like, listen, I don't want to like, but your us are really starting. <laughs> I was like, no, that one, that one was on purpose. But yes, I do know that is one of my verbal crutches. So oh, no. I didn't <laughs> was, notice. Yeah. Well, I, it's just, it's, I, that's a good a good sign i think you know you just put up with my you knows and us and other verbal crutches but once you have once you know them so frustrating it is frustrating it. because you do hear it in yourself and you're just like stop doing that and you just can't because there's a difference between sayings that you like lean into a lot sure. for example fascinating for example right that's different or very than- nice very nice think, is another uh, one i say all the time very nice i think i saw Susie was complaining about that <laughs> Fucking Susie, man. Jonathan's like, listen, I got this call back. I'll load it up, man. I'm going to shoot it as soon as I get a chance. That's Jonathan's thing. He just does callbacks the entire episode. To stuff you may or may not have heard. Who knows? Well, Who knows? that actually was at the beginning that of act- the show. Yes, Jonathan, we know. It was like three minutes ago. <laughs> hey, look, you guys sometimes don't remember. It's true. true. It is true. Let's get into commercial sins. Rocket Mor- uh, Mortgage. 
Jason Momoa's Super Bowl commercial uh, from recently uh, is the one we did this week. Uh, Jeremy wrote on this one. And mm-hmm. uh, I I know nothing about Rocket Mortgage, and I don't know that I care to. I, I, I assume it's some sort of lending company that wants to uh, get you a, a lower interest rate on your home mortgage. But um, Sure. Yeah. I think that's what they're probably doing. So I think we can probably <laughs> just go into <laughs> talking about the video. Unless you guys want to talk about home mortgages, uh, we can do that for sure. Well, I mean, it is our style to talk about everything to do with a music video. It is a or good a time show. to refinance. <laughs> Interest it is rates are low by, right now. <laughs> uh, Quicken Loans apparently owns yeah. Rocket Mortgage. But uh, yeah, it is a good time. Uh, my wife and I are refinancing. It really you, is. You Interest want, rates yeah. are really low right now. You may want to check with your mortgage provider about uh, doing some refi. So, <laughs> so there Hold you on, go. I'm texting my husband. Can we check on interest rates today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, legit. Uh, so let's get into the video itself. Um, the, this commercial, I remember this airing, and it's one of those I just really enjoyed for the visual aspect of it. Just the idea that the whole appearance thing was a put on with him, you know, taking off the muscles, you know, taking off the lips, you know, taking off the hairpiece, all that kind of stuff. I just, it was, it was fun. It was fun visually. Yeah, it, it was interesting it, to watch. I, I enjoyed it on that level. And it actually, from special effects, I mean, it looks a lot better. Like, cause I was thinking back to like Captain America, the yeah. first Captain America movie and how weird that looked on, uh, on, uh, Chris Evans. And, uh, but it, but it looked legit like that was really his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I remember thinking of... that when it came out, but then watching watching it back, I was more alarmed. The arm one was good because that one was actually a prop. And mm-hmm. props are, to me, oftentimes look better than CGI. Absolutely. Right. Practical effects. That's probably yeah. why that looked, yeah. I think that's why I like the miniatures of Lord of the Rings so much. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's, there's just something about mm-hmm. something physical that, I don't know. You can just sort of tell instinctively. I don't, I don't quite understand how that works, but CGI is getting better. But then when you see his face, uh, and I thought that looked a little bit strange now. Oh, I gotcha. No, you're probably right about that. No, uh, face specifically, but the arm thing was cool. Chris has often said that he'll take a horrible physical effect over CGI because at least the physical effect is real. And it's like, it's something you can touch, right? It's, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's something time was put into that, I guess. Well, time's put into CGI. I don't know. That's a whole other conversation. I mean, the truth of the matter is, in either case, yeah, the moment you can tell it's fake, it's distracting, right? Like mm-hmm. that's you know, mm-hmm. if and so if a digital effect is doing its job, you don't even know it's a digital effect. If a that's if true. a if a pa- practical effect is doing its job, you don't really think about it being a practical effect. Uh, so um, in that case, I think digital effects are going to continue especially in the future, to have the upper hand in many ways because I think they will be less noticeable than oh, they pra- already, practical they already effects do. can be. Yeah, so that's, I think, why we're seeing more and more of them. But you're absolutely right. There are times when a practical effect just can't be matched, and I think that's important to remember. Did you guys watch the making of this commercial? No. I really liked that. There, were, I don't remember watching it multiple times or anything. It came out after the commercial came out and was really popular, and they just sort of showed a little bit of how it was done, that there was an actor, obviously, who has just long, skinny arms that was wearing the, you know, mm-hmm. beefy muscle and t- tore it mm-hmm. away. And they sort of superimposed different elements of his body um, with Jason's. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting to see a beanpole person that's built like a beanpole next to a beefy Aquaman and 
like how they merge them together. And I, I like this commercial when it came out because it played with the idea of beauty again, just, I mean, maybe it, it's a little bit insane in that way, but is Jason still beautiful? Even if he's not as tall and really slender, you know, and has balding hair. Um, the answer is yes. <laughs> oh, I was going to say, beautiful. I like how you, when you were talking about bodies and you were like, Jason's Jason. like, you said that, like you had a thought in your head as you were. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I, just, I, I learned how to spell Momoa from this yeah. commercial. I always thought oh. it was M.A. Because I guess I've never had to spell his name before. Which it's is not weird. M-A. He did a bunch of Game of Thrones episodes. No, it's M-O-M-O-A. Wow. M-O-M-O-A. I spelled it wrong in our notes. So, yeah, I'm, I've always spelled it M-A. M-O. Um, nice. However, the Sins, the Sins video pointing out the difficulties with the house itself is highlighted. Yeah. Get into it, Danae. What are some of your uh, favorite Sins? Uh, I loved all the guitar synths. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> um, and, and pointing out the different lamps and kind of pausing and, and shifting around the room. This is the perfect quick example of what we do. I almost feel that if someone were to want to know what CinemaSins is about and you're a little leery of sending them directly to the main channel, Commercial Sins is a bite-sized option. <laughs> yeah. Something that they could quickly watch and sort of just get a tone, get a vibe. I love Chris's delivery. I think he's doing a really, really good job as an as the narrator. I mean, he's been part of the voice that's been writing for the channel from the beginning. Mm-hmm. We just haven't heard his voice. And so I'm really enjoying hearing his delivery of it. Um, but like, for example, when they first, uh, when he rips his, the arm off and he's like, oh God. And you assume that this thing is going to be a reaction to ripping an arm off, but it's all about guitars. I just thought that was really <laughs> clever. No, that's what I was going to say. I think you see the structure of these scripts in a video like this, that there actually is structure to these things. And mm-hmm. so yeah. every time he does something, it's an, oh my God, but it's about something. Right. It you know, shifts it a little bit. Yeah. We're, we're trying to have fun. Yeah. Um, the other one that I really enjoyed was the replacing the rocket mortgage with the savage species and you'll be mounted doggy style. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah. why didn't they go with this as their slogan? Since they've got Cal really Drago. Funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jonathan, what about you? Um, I mean, yeah, the same the same stuff Danae was talking about. I, I did like the more exposed wood in this house than my teenage bedroom. I yeah. thought it was... <laughs> Very fitting. And uh, that was the only thing I had that hadn't been mentioned. So You guys mentioned what I did. I did have the final guitar sin just as kind of a wrap up the ideas. My point is that Momoa's house is a house where uh, stringed instruments go to be exposed daily to dust and sunlight and other contaminants. Like you just, the narrator can't get over it. Can't. Uh, and then uh, I did also want to mention why is Jason Momoa so rookist and bishopist? Uh, it's just one of those little <laughs> observations where it's like, why do you just have the three chess pieces, dude? Like, where are the other chess pieces? Like, that yeah, just, man, where are they? That's just so... I love that kind of stuff. That's really fun for me. Rude. Uh, let's move on to TV Sins. We have another division Breaking the Fourth Wall. This was a Dicer Hughes script. Danae and I writing on this one. And this was the Malcolm in the Middle episode. Um, again, thank you for our patience. Uh, or thank you for your patience. Thank you for our patience. This was the really. Modern Family episode, right? Uh, yes, I'm sorry. This is yeah, correct. We already did the Malcolm in the Middle or the Office or whatever. Yeah, I mean it's it's it's, it's Modern Family during the show. The credits is very much kind of like The Office. Mm. Parks and yeah. Rec is in there a little bit, um, but just that era of you know mockumentary TV show kind of style. And yeah, uh, this and, yeah. is this episode begins the day after Wanda expanded the boundaries of the hex to yeah. save Vision. Um, it also is. Uh, 
So it's after the Halloween episode. Now, all three um, of us exist in a world where we have seen every episode of the season now. We all yeah. watched the finale this morning. So, um, you know, these are interesting times to not be talking about that part of WandaVision, but to be talking about this episode of WandaVision. Yeah. So we know and, what it all means. <laughs> and in this episode, or we see we? Um, the children like so they started to experiment with their superpowers last time. Um, and in this episode, the we just shift back into kind of like normal life without mm. really referencing what happened the previous night, which I'm glad we found time to sin. Uh, but essentially here, Wanda is by herself because a uh, vision is gone. So it's very much like that solo parent thing. And then you've got this um, uh, situation sort of happening with all the people that are at the, uh, what is it? Circus? Mm-hmm. Yeah, carnival, yeah. Mm-hmm. carnival circus, circus kind it's of thing. Circus. Yeah, with Vision trying to get back to the middle of town to get back home, um, and yeah, him continuing to kind of try to figure that out, and then the reveal of, and again, spoilers, you guys know this is spoiler talk. The reveal of um, Monica, Monica, Monica Rambo, Monica's superpowers mm-hmm. are coming into play, and then uh, the reveal of Agatha happens in this episode as well. It was well. Agatha all along. Who's been messing up everything? <laughs> <laughs> so I was humming that song after watching this episode. Uh, and I had to constantly stop myself from saying the name Agatha because my husband hadn't watched yet. And I was really trying not to spoil him on anything. Same exact experience in my house with my wife. Uh, Same exact experience. That's so funny. And I almost feel like Catherine Hahn was cast just for that because she's like so good. She slays it. Whatever you want to call that. Yeah. She's she's so great. She's so great. I really love her in this this show. It is the final of the sitcom format episodes, uh, which we kind of knew. We kind of assumed that the last two would, would completely drop that and so mm-hmm. so yeah and they do and they do and um and i i yeah i loved i loved those formats and i really I really too. enjoyed you know the calls on those kind of shows the breaking of the fourth wall with the person recording it uh mm-hmm. you know just all that kind of fun stuff um it's vi- so clever. I love vision, like vision being like why I'm am just, i talking to you yeah like yeah. what am i doing i gotta go yeah. find wanda <laughs> it's it's such a cleverly done show in this way where you realize at this point and also la- I mean there's all this sprinkling in of more serious stuff happening but you really know now this is a Marvel universe cinematic experience set to the tone of a serial like being delivered to you every week that is leading to something more that is world building this is not a show that's going to continue in this fun format this is a storytelling moment that shifts fully into we're back in the Marvel universe adventure. We're in the now time mysteries are being solved. Answers are ha- are, mm-hmm. are coming to us and it's just charging towards the finish yeah. line. And I have to tell you though, I went back, um, I think it was last weekend. I went back with my husband and watched uh WandaVision from the beginning. And I just had this nostalgia experience, even though this is all happening right now and we're watching WandaVision right now. Just the feeling that I had watching the first episode and having such a good time with it being this mimicry of mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke and then the next one being Bewitched and just this fun of this lightheartedness of showing us these different ages and eras of sitcoms. Um, I kind of felt a little bit like, oh, I missed that. That was a lot of fun and they did such a good job. And 
um, my husband, when he was watching it, he was laughing at the sitcom jokes, you know, when the fake laughter comes up from the audience, he was really enjoying himself because he is also a sitcom kid. Mm -hmm. He was raised in front of a TV watching sitcoms. And so he was genuinely enjoying himself. Uh, And now that it's getting more serious, it's like, oh yeah, that's what this is about. This is not about Marvel making a TV show about TV shows. This is about Wanda and her family and what that means in the greater universe of Marvel. Yeah, you're really getting a sense at how uh, story, like MCU forward these shows are going to be with WandaVision. You know, like that it really, mm-hmm. and, and and they all could be different and they all will be different, I'm sure. And, and there will be, I would guess, eventually a show that's more like, uh, well, I think of like What If that they've announced, you know? Well, I think like the Loki show is just going to be when he disappears in, what is that, Infinity War? Right. Maybe it's in right. game. I don't remember. Yeah. Whenever that scene is where he disappears, we're going to find out where he right. went. Alternate like, that's what, timeline Loki yeah. kind yeah. of thing. And maybe maybe that's just a one-off that really isn't MCU forward. Yeah. But we're getting a sense of what they can do with these shows if they want them to be really tied in to the MCU. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how each show deals with that. So we're starting to get the uh, the impression here uh, as this, you know, we get to the final three episodes. Uh, let's get into the video itself. Jonathan, uh, since you didn't write on this one, what were some of your favorite sins? Uh, I loved the wordplay with when thinking about choices, you surely had more than Uno. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I like who wakes up looking this good and it's vision. You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh, god he is so handsome paul bettany man I'm no, just, paul bettany, definitely, I'm but you're saying people you're saying as Weird. vision like you'd be you'd be i'd be that, down for some android saying. love if that was if that was my option <laughs> uh hidden mickeys which is just as any disney fan yep. that's that's just fun and um is the price of is the price is right sin true Okay, so uh, yeah, I can uh, I can just tell you that now. Um, yes, this is a true story from my life. Uh, my parents wanted to go oh, I see. I thought it was Danae. I did not <laughs> think it was Aaron. So it is Surprise! not as bad as I made it sound. Uh, I do want to be very clear uh, that my parents were uh, had the utmost concern for our safety. However, forty years ago, when I was being raised, was a very different time than now. Helicopter oh, parenting yeah. was definitely a thing yeah. of the future. Uh, it wasn't as bad as 40 years before that, where kids would just go do whatever they wanted to. But there was definitely more of a an idea of trust between you know fellow adults, even if you didn't know them. <laughs> yes, that kind of thing. So we were in California for our California trip, and uh, they wanted to go see The Price is Right, uh, but obviously couldn't take us along. So we contacted a local church, and I should say they contacted a local church and because they, they trusted their church connections and, and those bonds mm-hmm. and just said, hey, do you have somebody you would trust to watch our kids for the day? And so we hired a, a sitter from, oh, from that family. So complete strangers. That is true. Didn't yeah. know these people. Um, but, uh, but yes, I definitely played that up in the sin. It's amazing. Uh, for sure. But yeah, no, <laughs> yeah, that times, comes from a true times place. are different. I still, like I've told this, I might have told it on here and I know, but I've told this to people before where my, me and my friend's parents, one of them would drop us off, like in the summer, like would drop us off. At, we had a local amusement park. Mm-hmm. They would just drop us off when it opened and someone else would come pick us up when it closed. Just three or four, like 10 year olds mm-hmm. running Insane. around, running around an amusement <laughs> park. Insane to think about, right? I know. Like, I was, I, my, my daughter is almost that age. I'm like, there's no way in hell I would do that with her, when, you know? The only, was like, the only part of that sin that is, everything in that sin is true. 
except for the very well adjusted part. Um, I don't know how well adjusted I am. But. <laughs> I think that was pretty obvious. I think was that was joke. the point. <laughs> yeah. Just imagine, like, I got to go see the prices, right? Like, that's so important. It is. It's fun. You're in LA, man. Like, you've got to attend the taping, you know? <laughs> I know. I've been to a taping. Not a prices right, but I've been to a taping. I have. So I, I get a, it. Yeah, I've been to a prices right it. taping. It's fun. Uh, Danae, what about you? Um, setting aside the Uno one, I, I know Jonathan mentioned that one, but I really appreciated this one because I could not think of a sin for that. And I, I kept looking at it going, why would they go controller, controller to Uno card? Mm-hmm, yeah. And I was trying to find my way through what it would be. And so this is the relief of working with a team where you get your partner's combined script and you're like, oh, thank God. You know? Not only was it there, but it's written well. And I was really thankful for that because that was to me a pretty weird decision unless Uno well, paid we, them. We t- correct. And we touched on all the ways it's weird. And the weirdest Which for me listen. when I did the research uh, was just how recently Uno was invented. Like you think yeah. when you go with that, you'd be like, oh, that's because Uno came out in the 60s right. or whatever. No, Uno came out nope. right around the same time as Atari came out. Um, so that's crazy. yeah. Yeah. I really loved the um, sin that w- the sin off for how Elizabeth sniffed the milk because that is for me a standout moment. I, as I we've said many that. times before, I just really love her she's approach it. to this oh, character she's so good. because it's such a complex thing to be um, having some kind of an emotional breakdown or whatever it is that's happening, and then also just jump into the mindlessness of a character uh, that. That you're also being a character. It's 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 a very interesting web that Marvel has given to her and and said, okay, so you are a superhero. You're you're tragic, but you're surrounded by your family. But you're also still having like family drama inside of a fake universe inside of this fake universe. Go, you know. And she just is killing it. But this but the sniffing the milk and you know even the moment whenever uh, one of my favorite moments from the bewitched episode when she's like, I'll see you at curtain call. Just this exuberance that she has in what she's doing is, is fantastic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you have to smell that milk. That milk is sketchy. <laughs> uh, and then the lead in of like, bet you haven't even noticed. And like the, we did everyone, everyone did. did. <laughs> I just really enjoyed that one too. Yeah. Uh, I would also mention the subtle pun in the first sin as well about the uh, the titles uh, that I needed time to uh, do. I have time to squeeze in uh, an episode before my Friday colonic, and it's hard to uh, work that crap out sometimes. Although the narrator mm-hmm. doesn't say crap, but no, uh, but Aaron poopy. does. Uh, the uh, let's see. I wanted to mention the sin on the because we now know how wrong that sin is uh and this is one of can those can we say that right now without spoiling things for people sure can't we because of the, the I end mean, of this will air a week after the finale okay so. okay you know what danae you are right you no, you are correct if somebody has is waiting to watch stuff and is only listening to our comment commentary on the ones they've seen you you are right um so i'll probably delete all that but okay. but yeah because we'll talk about it again in a later uh, mm-hmm. episode for sure oh that's true i i also liked that uh the observation that agnes was in full stride after knocking on a door coming in i think that's such a great observation and something i've seen and just never processed but the idea of somebody standing knocking on the door but then once the doors open they just come like blasting blasting it. in and they like from a head start like how does no that even does happen that. that is not real world that just doesn't happen in the when real world have you ever entered a house like that that you did yeah. not live in yeah and- I, I just found that 
really, uh, really interesting observation. Um, the it's just that as any woman can attest to, having to deal with constant periods is extremely annoying. About the uh, acronym that was, great. Uh, was fun because obviously with Danae and I writing on this one, we know who wrote that sin right like we obviously understand that that was me i wrote that sin a man knows that periods exist and can write period sins okay my favorite was the shadow moment on that one which was um i think it was barrett he said uh danae must have written this one yeah. and it's like nope yeah, nope, that's, that's why, Aaron. That's why I mentioned it. Uh, you know, that's funny. and I think I've talked about on the show before how you, having a female voice on the team gives us more freedom, even to write stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it's a little, it's a little interesting because, like, I've got somebody's got my back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, not that anybody would, you know, be like, uh, uh-uh, uh, women don't think periods are annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can read that sentence and confirm. Yes, we do have periods. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate the confirmation. Carry on. Uh, and then I had to mention the sin off what? for <laughs> <laughs> this, the delay. <laughs> <laughs> I did have to mention the sin off for Catherine as well. Uh, with uh, yeah. this one is for Han Solo. Uh, I, I enjoyed the play She's of words so there, good. there as well. I love. I love. I just love her. She's so been much. great forever too. I've- Let's move on to The Flash, Danae's favorite show. Success is assured. Uh, we, Jesus. Well, there, there, there are a pile Lord of shows in, in uh, Danae's uh, pile of hate, and uh, this has become one of them. Uh, this was a Hughes Watkins script. Um, so, yeah, Danae, ta- vent. Vent a little bit about this show. I mean, This is just, the only episode you've seen, though, right? I did watch another episode for, I think I wrote on one before but it was well, yeah i think on. we did do that yeah. one yeah i don't remember what episode we did i think it was another first season episode though yeah i think so too yeah it was really early on and 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 so i didn't need to know ten thousand people um i started watching this episode wrongfully assuming that i would just be able to watch it mm. but then no i had to go back and Not watch with this show no yeah six season recap videos just to have a general understanding of what the fuck is going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I had to watch all of them because it's just like, but it did help me to understand that there's just been mm-hmm. like new worlds and then people that have been combined into one person, like the sidekick guy that just keeps getting reinvented every season is apparently all of them now. And, but there were so many more people. And so that's intimidating. But then the right out of the gate, you just have these, I I just I don't enjoy this type of storytelling where somebody goes, oh, let me see that crystal and then just magnifies a a map. And then some guy's like, oh, that's a such and such map. And they're like, oh, we should shine it over here on this, you know, map that happens to be up here on this wall. And oh, if we put it right here, it means that the swirly things are that this is where we're going next. Like I play Dungeons and Dragons. I have characters that I would love if they would just think like that, like, oh, what if I shine something through here? And then, but that's all just stuff that doesn't mean anything. Like in in, in the game that I create, if they went over and they sh- shine this thing against a map and then they decided that that's where the bad guy was or that that's where the next step was, I would be thinking that's not it at all, but okay, like go there and let's see what happens. But in this universe, that is the answer. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but every single line coming out of every single character's mouth is is like this incredibly amplified exuberance. I know exactly what's going on and this is what it is. And it's all just this 
it's just a massive pile of bullshit. And I like, it is so hard for me to like enjoy myself watching these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. I don't care who anyone is. I don't, I don't mind that it's like quote unquote low budget. I don't mind that they have gunfire everywhere and, you know, martial arts happening and things like that. It's, it's just how it's all pieced together. There were probably 35 people in this. And I just wonder why. Why does it have to be so many people with so many storylines going on? I don't think it's that low budget either. I mean, I don't. It's not like insane, but like I think. I mean, that's Warner Brothers. Stop I, I think paying they're, so many actors. Yeah, just <laughs> pull it back in. I could be wrong. You know? I could be wrong. Well, and here's in in here is, and we mentioned this in in the video. The thing that I find interesting, and I I haven't kept up. Uh, with the Flash as well either. But it's interesting that they have so many characters and yet all the storylines end up being about, you know, Barry and Iris. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, we, yeah. we have we have that sin in there. I thought that was so well observed, th- this idea that you have this show that goes to all oh. these different places and everything just comes down to, you know, these two. And that's probably intentional, but it, it's just, yeah. it's one of those weird things. I, I really like how you wrote that, Jonathan. I think the, the, the sin's about, you know, you don't need to have powers. You need to have love. And it's like, but also powers. Cause that's all that happens here. Um, and you can see that in the season recaps. And I was really appreciative of the YouTube channels that put those recaps together. I know I've kind of given them shout outs before for what I do, because I obviously do not have time or a desire to watch as a fan. And I'm not saying that the show is crap for everybody. I'm saying like, from a cynical standpoint that every single line is so assuredly, this is what we're doing. And this means this mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. This is a, I know it's a makeup world, but it's so unrealistic. I, I don't know who to relate to in this kind of a, a universe. Yeah. I, I thought you had watched every episode, Aaron. Uh, I'm just behind. I just, yeah, uh. I just, the last season, I just, I don't know. I have trouble uh, wanting to get into it. <laughs> Just like I, uh, I'm not motivated right well, now. Over about a year ago, I started watching all the CW mm-hmm. uh, DC series, and so I'm watching them in the order they aired. So, like, I'm watching each show. So, like, so, like, I'll watch a Flash episode, then I'll watch an Arrow episode. That you know, so I'm like on season four ish. I think I'm like right at the beginning of season four of the Flash currently, and I don't have like a timetable, so I'm not like even there are weeks go by I don't mm-hmm. watch one of the yeah. shows. Uh, it's my I would call it my second favorite series. Uh, I think Legends of Tomorrow is far and away the best show that they've put together so far. It was the uh, last. Even though it was the last mm-hmm. one I was watching, uh, and I think I'm giving up on it too. And I think I may tune in for the crossovers. I don't know. I think they yeah. may be very confusing if I'm not watching but the shows. So I'm. I may be. I done. hear you. I may be done. But since, but since I'm in, uh, I, I will say though, I watched the Superman and Lois pilot and liked that a lot. Uh, is that in the Arrowverse? Is that going to connect? It is because it's the same actor from uh, Supergirl that played Superman. So it is, but I think it's more in the future because it's like he's has kids. And hmm. so that's why I felt comfortable starting it because even though I was behind on the other ones, but I've only seen the pilot. It could turn into crap. I have no idea. But the pilot hey, who knows? Maybe I'll get reinterested yeah. in this show yeah. and then I'll be back on my flash kick or, or yeah. whatever. I love Grant Gustin. I love him. I think yeah, he's it's a, a it's great a fun flash. Cast. I think he's a great flash, but I just got what so I was gonna... bored with all the nonsense. Yeah. And what I was going to say too, well, especially the Harry character, that, that whole, I don't even know watching. Cause like I said, I'm only like, I'm like 50 episodes behind this one. So 
watching this one and trying to figure out who he was, which Danae's saying apparently he's an amalgam of a lot of them, which is interesting. Um, I think that's true. Yeah. I might be and wrong then, about that. And then, and then like these newer characters, like the girl and the elongated man who that actor actually got fired. If you didn't know that, oh, because I didn't know apparently that. he tweeted some nasty shit. So apparently Ugh. he's gone. I don't know the details, but apparently they fired him this past summer. Hmm. So I don't know how they're going to wrap his character up, but uh, I didn't really, at least in this episode, I had no interest in them. Like they didn't seem as interesting to me as like, I was thinking back to the days of, you know, Cisco and, and Caitlin and mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I just, I, the first two seasons of that show were so good and it was, and it was all because of that cast. Right. And then I just felt like once they started flashpoint, it starts getting a little, yeah, a little nutty. And it sounds, it, it's looking like it's gotten even crazier. Uh, this Miraverse stuff didn't seem interesting to me at all, but I haven't watched the episodes leading up to it, so maybe I will like it when I actually do, but I don't know. There was nothing about this that really... Yeah. It kind of made me actually want to stop watching the show. So. It was bad, but I, I think what makes it so bad is that you suffer, I think, when you're putting so much into one episode with mm-hmm. so many characters I- all trying to compete for emotion. There's... yeah. Um, the sidekick, the guy that has all the answers, uh, that was bad, but then good, but then bad. I can't remember his name. I should look that up. Uh, In fairness, in fairness, this was not supposed to be the season finale. There was supposed to be like two or three more episodes. Yeah. They, they, they but because of the pandemic, they had to cut it short. Okay. Okay. Harrison Wells is his name. Yes. Um, Yeah. So, so his, you know, you've got his character who obviously is trying to earn respect from one of the uh, new girls on the team or something at the very, very first. Then you have this uh, Killer Frost who is is and is not Killer Frost. Yeah. So when opening up this episode for the first time, they're talking about her being two people, mm-hmm. one hidden inside of the other. And unless you have watched it, obviously, why would you just start where that is? Just since writers, is, what we do. Is Cisco no longer on the show? No, he's not. I mean, I don't know. He okay. was on the show. He, he was on the show episode. when I stopped. Yeah, but... he wasn't in this episode. So Which I was one's a little Cisco? Confused. The he's best. Just... Yeah, he <laughs> really funniest. is. But he's uh, he's one of the guys that works at Star Labs, and uh, you know. Oh, he. Um, I guess. Uh, 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 oh, I'm thinking of. They showed him in the opening, like the opening montage, where they were just showing faces. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, they okay. showed oh. him in that. Yeah, so he he ends up becoming a superhero, right? Okay. Well, yeah, and I knew then he had powers. renouncing his powers, right? Um, and then, like he, yeah, there, everyone has a love interest, and everyone's got this stuff going on, and it's all very dr- drama dramatic. But I just wonder if there's hey. a way to to do it where there's just not so much happening, and maybe this is suffering because know. it wasn't intended to be. I don't know what soap it is now. Got a soap, you know, and it's like, very CW. Yeah. Which I'm, I've said many times you're in the right. past. You're right. I mean, you're not am, wrong about that. I am weirdly addicted to CW shows. I watch. It's very all, arrow, I watch a isn't lot it? of them. It's so arrow. In well, that yeah, way. it's all of them. Yeah, they're all soap operas of a sort. You know that. Yeah, Arrow is of... a little darker, but it's but it looks like Flash might have gotten a little darker. So I don't know. Let's get into the uh, the sins video before we do. Uh, since we mentioned it, I do want to clarify. Uh, Hartley Sawyer uh, is the actor's name who played Ralph Dibney. Uh, on the yes. show, and he, I couldn't remember his name. He was Thank released you. for tweets. Those tweets happened in 2012. I think context is always <clears throat> context is always important, yeah. and then you can draw your own conclusions from the context. But in 2012, he uh, tweeted some things that were awful, 
And he has released a statement that he has grown since then and understands how awful those things were. He says they were tweeted for attention in a time I did not realize how much my words mattered. And uh, and so, you know, he has released a statement. You can read that on your own. Um, I think there are important lessons to be learned from any of these things, and this is no different. And words do that matter. That is important. And Thank you for so, bringing that up because yeah. I don't so, want yeah. it to seem like I was just condemning the dude. Like I said, well, I don't know I mean, much about it. This, this is the thing we cannot forget amongst a culture that is very aware of what people have done and what they continue to do. Context does matter. Every situation is different. Make up your own mind on what that should mean for somebody's career, for what they do. Uh, but the actual facts of every individual thing do matter, and context is important. So I did want to offer at least some context around uh, his removal from the show. Um, then people can, you know, find yeah. the rest no, of that context on their own. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, while you were doing that, and well done, uh, Cisco was absent because he was on a separate mission. Um, this article is from Screen Rant. They say this might ultimately have been an, a benefit to the episode given how many subplots it had to resolve. Oh, so yeah. that's a much better way of saying it than I was. <laughs> I did like Thanks, the uh, I did like the Charlie's Angels crew though. I'm really curious if they are in future episodes or previous episodes because uh, they were fun. They were yeah. It said that um, basically he, the crisis of infinite Earths. He was able to regain powers, and then he's on some kind of mission to help find the murderer of his old girlfriend. Okay. Well, let's get into the video. Nice. Uh, you guys wrote Just... on it, so I will kick us off. Technically, skin protects him, so are we peeling that off this episode? It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. Uh, but only because that's where she's aiming the immensely convenient swirly overlay. If she lifts her arm slightly, you'd be sent to the Dunkin' Donuts instead. Some great editing from our editors there as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times, anyone who owns a pen like this deserves 100 sins. Um, I guess I deserve 100 sins. Uh, I love the multicolored well, I like pens. That, that, that was the one where they only gave like five, right? And you were like, yeah, fine. Yeah, kind of let Sinny like, have its own personality there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. Because I like to put in hundreds of sins on the regular. And then I and then they always I get corrected. I was fine like, with oh, maybe sins. just five. Hundreds a lot. <laughs> I was but fine with it. matters. But what was funny is that we had so many sins for this already. Like yeah. we were just tearing it apart. So to add a hundred would have been like, oh, wow. Uh, this pose, the fact that they were both standing oh in the God, exact same that way. was my favorite. <laughs> so I great. could have like kissed an A. That was hilarious. <laughs> well. I was dying. Well, uh, do we need to talk to HR? Uh, some, oh, she's oh, pointing, what I mean. she's mean. pointing to her cheek. She's no, pointing to her cheek. You made so. that creepy. Give me some love. <laughs> you just said you were going to kiss an A. I was just clarifying. It was so awkward. Like, was that purposeful? Did the director purposefully say, I it. want you both to do this lean? But yeah. then when you said it, I couldn't see anything you, else. Yeah, exactly. You put them side <laughs> and you're just like, wow, okay, that happened. No, they were side by side in the frame. Well, that's what we I mean. Didn't... You put them in yeah. the frame side by side and how do you not see that? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can one of you stand differently for a little variation or are we literally just trying to mirror each other here? Are we doing an album cover right now? Jeez. Like, what is going right. on? <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you said sitting wrong. Made me giggle. <laughs> um, the number one rule of the highly secret black hole club, wear the massive pin on your lapel for all to see. Yeah, uh, that was crazy. Uh, Huge pin. Ridiculous. Massive. And then just the, I'm pretty sure it's speed. Uh, that, that kind of stuff always. <laughs> I loved those so much. 
was so ridiculous. I hate that crap where it's like, they, you see this in a lot of superhero things or people that are like good fighters or whatever. You see all that crap, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not really about your abilities. It's, it's about like, but the also fact it's that actually it's about, about the your... fact that you know how to love. And it's like, no, actually, the only way you're going to win that tournament is because you have abilities, not because you can love somebody. Uh, um, what about you guys? Uh, Jonathan, why don't you go next? What were some of your other favorites? Um, uh, I like just <laughs> is Daniel Panabaker the greatest actor ever because mm-hmm. it was just like just a, a dialogue from any of these actors was insane. But mm-hmm. like for some reason, her character had just the craziest the stuff, stuff they have to, to say. say. Yeah. Uh, putting out this fire with two little pat pats. <laughs> I also I also just like the the detail of it. It could be Gerard who was on his way home from the used bookstore or whatever. <laughs> Um, that uh, was a shout out to my grandfather who started oh, nice. his bookstore and his name was Gerard. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Danae, what about this you? face? Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry gonna... Yeah. Just a couple more. This face I thought was great. Uh, uh, Brian De Palma's the flash. There was a lot of split screen in this episode mm-hmm. and it was, didn't make any sense why they had it. So it just obviously made me think of De Palma. I love I that you wanted... have that knowledge. Cause I wouldn't, I, well, I lack that referential sin ability that you guys have. And he's one of my all-time yeah. favorite filmmakers, so that's part of it. Like, I'm just a fan, so gotcha. like, anytime I see split screen, I'm just like, who's doing De Palma? Not that he was the first to do that, but he uses it a ton. Yeah. Um, the Gilmore Girls outtake, I wanted to point out, because somebody on Patreon actually said, I don't know why, but I hope Jonathan did this. <laughs> I have no idea. And I'm really curious. I actually answered it on Patreon, too, and I said, no, it was definitely Jonathan. That was me, uh, that the the... Uh, Rory's uh, graduation speech. I think I've even used it before because whenever somebody's speaking, I just always think of that for some reason. Nice. And uh, I don't know, but I don't know exactly why somebody hoped it was me for Gilmore Girls, but uh, that was. <laughs> there you go. Today, what about you? Um, Not mentioned. I, I do want to say the Pat Pat fire was one of my favorites. I know you already mentioned it. But um, I, I thought about having it be on that moment for a little bit longer, but it happened so quickly. So just like a little behind the scenes thing, like when, we, when we're editing these things, we have to think about how long someone has to hear, read and register what mm-hmm. they're seeing, you know, and it happened so quickly. But uh, there was another angle from basically the ground behind them as they looked at the burning uh, warehouse where you could really see how engulfing the fire was. It was a pretty massive fire. And yeah. you know, yeah. he just goes ping, ping, and then it's gone. Um, I'm sorry, so you I, mispronounced Pat Pat. Yeah, Pat Pat. There you go. Uh, and then I really loved the character whose name I'm not even going to pretend I know would be up to speed yeah. at TV Sins. Yeah, that was, I'll be honest, I did not know her name and I did not feel like looking it up. So <laughs> it's I just so perfect I thought it'd it, be funny to write it that way. <laughs> it is. And it, it really just very quickly, succinctly just captured the experience of seeing well, it, this episode. Yeah, and it's talking about just how there's so many characters. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to music video sins, shall we? Friday remix uh, this week. <sighs> I don't get this at all. This is like I just. It's just I, a money I, grab, I, right? I, I this is just I, a money grab. I watched I, the video. It is. I guess it's, it's a new thing. What Barrett Barrett goes into this, doesn't he? What, what did Barrett have to say about this? Um, we're not reading Barrett's comments anymore after his shenanigans from last week. <laughs> Barrett, no, but he Barrett only has trolled to talk us about for the one final thing. time. That's right. He only gets to talk about one thing. He can't do it bad. this week. It's too bad. <laughs> um, He'll just randomly <laughs> mention his love for coming to America, like in the <laughs> yeah. middle of it or something. Uh, the Friday remix was one of the worst experiences I've ever had while yeah. writing an MVS script. It's awful. He says 
This is in a genre called hyperpop. Hyperpop. And hyperpop can eat my ass. Rebecca seems like she's grown quite a bit and is more comfortable in her own skin. And that's awesome. But Jeebus, this song is worse than getting your nipples stretched out by a hand cranked nipple stretching device. <laughs> and that is the end of Barrett's thoughts on this. <laughs> Ironically, exactly how some women describe nursing. But continue on. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's no joke. <laughs> Um, that's all he had to say. All right. This was apparently like yeah. nipple torture. Hyper. Well, we did, and we did pop. the original Friday video, and that was a lot of fun. We did that like you know a couple years ago or something. Yeah, I don't know and, that we uh, need to relitigate the original the uh, original video. I remember it coming out and just being like, "This poor girl." But I so I'm glad she's I guess okay. But it's just it's just an interesting capitalization kind of thing. And you know what? Whatever. More power to her. You know, you you did a song. That absolutely blew up, and part of that was people mocking it, and that's unfortunate and hurtful. And but part of it is because you wrote—I mean, that was a catchy song. It was catchy. Admit mm-hmm. it. It was catchy. She she so, came on like a couple years ago. She was on. It wasn't like a. It wasn't one of the big shows. Like it, I don't think it was The Voice or anything. I think it was just like some one season kind of thing where yeah. there was some talent, some singing show. And yeah. she came out there and she talked about that, like the the stuff she went through and it was like, God, that's awful. It is awful. And that's, and that's part of that is it it makes it, you know, like I don't really want to talk about how bad this video is too much. I know. I'm with you. I'm with you. But but I I don't know that I would, after that experience, my instinct would be to reinvent the song and then, I don't know, like dipping your toe I mean, back in the hate pool. So at least speak. she's an adult now. Right. I mean, I mean yeah. that's, that's the crazy thing. Like that's saying true. that shit about a kid. And, is and, and there's insane. a part of ownership too that happens that I think we've talked about before that it's like, okay, she is, she has the confidence and you hope, right? You hope this is what's happening, that she has the confidence and the ability to go, no, guys, this is me, and I'm owning this, and this is my song, and I'm going to do what I want to my song, well, and here's how I'm going to present it. And like, like, there's a strength there. You hope uh, that she, that she's portraying. And I don't, I don't know if this is true or not. I will say though, this does happen sometimes. Like George Romero is a pretty famous case where he directed Night of the Living Dead, the original. It didn't, it did really well, but the way he, the way he did his contract or whatever it immediately like went into public domain. So he made like no money off of it. So like in yeah. 1990, he remade it. And it was basically for the simple fact that he wanted a version of it he could make money off of. And I don't know if that's the case here, but that was one thing that went through my head. Like yeah. maybe there was some stuff where she wasn't profiting off the original. And so she's like, hey, I'll just, you know, I'll do another right. version of it. And right. But I don't know if that's true. I just, yeah. That was just something. Yeah. I, I think moving on from that, just as a, as a m- music style, I don't like this music style. No. And no, as a music video, I did not enjoy this music video. And who's either. listening to this music? I, I really like if anybody out there listening likes this music style, please holler at me and just yeah, I, help, I'm yeah. educate I'm us. Super, super yeah, curious. Educate us on, on what's fun about yeah. it or what's interesting because it just, yeah. I'm just really curious to hyper pop talk I mean, to I, a fan know, of it, this. And honestly, there are many other genres of music that have certainly had this attitude leveled at them when they started. You know, you think of punk. Right. Like, what is it about, like, not being able to play your instruments and not caring about singing into, you know, like there is a response that happens when music happens that that just it's understandable. It's different. It's weird. It's I don't get it. And that's okay. But I would love to get it. I'd love to understand what it is that's fun about it. 
you know. And now we take you to the segment where Danae reads Wikipedia. <laughs> um, hyperpop is a micro genre categorized by max maximalist or exaggerated take on pop music, which may draw on the electric range of influences across electronic right. hip hop and dance. That's pretty obvious. Um, it is uh, exaggerated, eclectic, self-referential approach to pop music that employs elements like brand synth melodies, auto-tune earworm vocals, and excessive compression and distortion, as well as surrealist or nostalgic references references to naughties, N-O-U-G-H-T-I-E-S, naughties, internet culture, and the web 2.0 era. There you go. Thanks. That explains all of it. Nothing. Uh, all right, let's get into the I video. I get it now. <laughs> I am educated. So uh, what I'm saying is if you have something to add to that, we're interested. Sure, of course. Of course. <laughs> um, I'll kick us off. Uh, I'm sure this version will correct all the silly things from the previous one and make this song eminently listenable. I thought that was good sarcasm. Uh, wait, is Friday technically the weekend? I thought Ice Cube told me back in 95 it was the day before the weekend. And I don't want to piss Cube off any more than I already have. Uh, love that. Uh, a great not pictured, not pictured. A back seat. Mm-hmm. It's very, very good. Uh, gotta say, I learned a way different version of I've Got the Joy, 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 Joy down in my heart in Sunday Love school. <laughs> so perfect. Uh, what about you, Janae? Um, besides the ones you mentioned, I have one other, which is, holy shit, what's happening to this song? I know it's a remix and everything, but this remix sounds like a polish off an eight ball right before breakfast. Mm-hmm. Jonathan? Um, flossing. This ain't 2017, my man. Um <laughs> I guess this is what she meant by getting down on Friday. Got to be honest, I did not see that interpretation coming. Um, and I also loved the sciencey butt stuff, but butt stuff nonetheless. I just enjoyed that. Uh, I also liked the singing of I Just Got Some Wendy's and I'm Heading to the Laundromat, uh, which mm-hmm. could be an interesting song. Sure. Of course. I, I Somebody do, do the hyper, hyper pop version uh, tomorrow. Of Barrett going to Wendy's. Yes, of Barrett going to Wendy's. Mm-hmm. And we're going to Cinema Sins. And we're starting with Coming to America. Uh, And this was an Atkinson Watkins script. So Chris and Jonathan wrote on this one. Uh, Many moons ago. Yeah. Chris mentions that too. What did Chris have to say about this one? Did you you see how much he had to say, by the way? Yeah, he wrote wrote a lot. Mm -hmm. But he never listens to the show. So if you don't want to read it, it's fine. I'm kidding, by the way. Uh, Chris actually didn't say anything this week. Oh. Okay, he said, we did Coming to America so long ago, anticipating a December release of the sequel, even though almost every movie with a release date was getting pushed back even further, or they were being bought by streaming services. It was hard to know, but we wanted to be prepared. And the sequel to this movie did indeed get bought by Amazon and moved to March. So we had a video sitting around for about five months that finally got a release. The original Coming to America is very funny. Watching this as a sense project was super fun. One thing I've wanted to send this movie on forever is when Akeem tells the cab driver to take them to Queens and the cab driver does nothing to ask for specific. This is the equivalent of getting a cab and just saying, take me to Orange County. And the cab driver just nods and starts driving. There's always been a, a de-neighborhooding of Queens in movies. Like Queens is a very specific place with a street and a cross street kind of destination. Furthermore, when you fly to New York, you're very likely in Queens at LaGuardia LaGuardia or JFK airports. I didn't learn about all this until just before I lived in Queens, that there are many neighborhoods with names. Honestly, though, if we wanted to micro send this, we could technically send the idea of telling a cab driver to, quote, go to Astoria 
because that's not even specific enough. In the end, though, it's all about getting to the most common place of Queens and the cab driver drops them off in a very poor area of Brooklyn, if you're paying attention. <laughs> the method by which Akeem and his buddy Semi, mm -hmm. played by Arsenio Hall, decide on Queens is kind of silly on its own and worth sinning. They narrow the field down immediately to New York or California. And when they end up on New York, decide to go with Queens as a destination, despite Akeem's incredible education, he seems to think that the name matters. The movie has the requisite, quote, none of these women are acceptable montage, which I always find offensive for various reasons. Anyway, this is in the late 80s. So, of course, you're going to have some jokes that won't fly to, uh, today going on. But my main issue with these montages that you see in virtually every romantic comedy is that the potential dates are almost always people that don't exist. The whole setup is weird in this movie. They're in a bar, but they seem to be holding auditions for girlfriends in this one place. Also, that the movie can have its comedy montage of unacceptable mates. And in this movie, Akeem is hiding the fact that he's a prince. So why all these women are lining up for a table interview is baffling. I make it sound like this is what they're actually doing. Like there's a sign-up sheet and everything. But I really think it's just the movie needing to have one location for all these women, including two pairs of twins. So it's not difficult when Akeem finally runs into Lisa that he's immediately smitten because she actually exhibits human qualities where the others were just comic creations. I mean, yeah, she's pretty awesome, incredibly nice and beautiful. But it's also curious by the end that this, by the end of this, that Akeem just wants to immediately marry her and she wants to marry him. And she's a surprise bride in his wedding at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. Lisa never once suggests she's getting uh, ready to get married, leave New York, become a princess or any of that. But what a minor detail overall, right? I think it's possible we upset some people about not removing a sin and actually adding a sin for the sexual chocolate scene of this movie. <laughs> I haven't checked the comments, but I'm guessing that's the case. That was um, my fault if anybody wants to throw stones at somebody. <laughs> it's actually pretty funny, but it goes on forever. Mm -hmm. It really does. And it, it has, has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. It's just, it's crazy. Yeah, that's what he says. It has nothing to do with the plot of the film. It overstates its welcome. Um, favorite thing to write? When the characters of Randolph and Mortimer, Randolph and Mortimer, Mortimer Duke show up from another Eddie Murphy slash John Landis movie, Trading Places, there's a moment when Akeem gives them money because they're homeless. I'm not done yet. I just thought I had to burp. I did. <laughs> That's staying in. Absolutely. <laughs> no, it's getting cut out. <laughs> Only one man gets to decide. <laughs> to those who have watched Trading Places, this is a fun cameo, but when they come back, to thank Akeem who's sitting at restaurant, they don't seem to acknowledge that Akeem looks exactly like Billy Ray Valentine. <laughs> <laughs> this got me to thinking. Since Eddie Murphy plays several different characters in this movie in the world of trading places and coming to America officially intersect, there must be thousands of Eddie Murphys out there. Also, John Landis, who may be more well-known for getting a child and Vic Morrow killed in the Twilight Zone movie nowadays, I couldn't resist taking a little bit of a shot at that. Twilight Zone, the movie came out in 1983, the same year as Trading Places, and I wondered why he wasn't referencing that movie in this one. 
The fact that he was allowed to continue directing movies after that debacle is a sore spot for many, even though I believe he's expressed every regret possible since then. Chris covers about everything I wanted to cover. So uh, moving on to League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I will say, though, if, if I, I didn't read comments. I don't know if people were complaining we didn't give a send-off for Sex with Chocolate, but I love that Chris gave the send-off for the his favorite scene or one of his favorite the scenes. Barbershop. The Barbershop. No, well, that one, but the the just the real quick one where he just tells the girls that he has a date with Lisa. It's it's so it's just Eddie Murphy. I had that one marked down too. I I thought yeah. that sin was really sweet. There was something yeah. about the idea of I can't even explain to you why this scene is my favorite. I just it's always it's been my so favorite part awesome. of the movie. Just, yeah, I like yeah, it. It just it, it's charming, right? He's just he's such a. And I heard somebody talking about, I was listening to an episode of Screen Drafts where they were doing the Eddie Murphy movies, and I don't want to give away where this was ranked, but it's on there. And um, they were talking about how this was maybe the first movie where Eddie Murphy plays like a, like a really nice, just sweet person. Because like, mm-hmm. he's kind of like a smart ass or, you know, something oh, like sure. in the oh, other interesting. ones. Yeah, that's interesting. And, uh, and I hadn't really ever thought about that. And it, it's true. I will say, though, my personal opinion of this movie, I like it. I think it's funny. I don't love it like I think a lot of people do. Sure. Uh it's not it's not my favorite Eddie Murphy movie. I mean it would be in the conversation maybe top 5 or something, but uh there are definitely movies of his I prefer over this one. Um but but it's good. It's good. I mean it's it's a it's a perfectly good movie. Um Yeah. I enjoy it. I completely missed out on the Eddie Murphy experience. Uh, I come to all of his stuff late, his Saturday yeah. Night Live, all of his movies. Um, I just watched Coming to America a week ago as I was trying to catch up on some Eddie Murphy stuff. And wow. he, early Eddie Murphy, you just see what a beacon of charisma that man is. Like yeah. it is just, it is insane how much I love him in those early movies. Like, it's oh, just it's crazy. He lights up the screen. It's just, um, you know, and, and I'm not saying he doesn't have uh, parts of that in his later career, but it's different. You know, it's, uh, I'm trying to think my first experience with Eddie Murphy probably had to be Nutty Professor or some somewhere in that, or probably Mushu in Mulan, or that is yeah. him, right? <laughs> Is that, yes. is that, okay, I, yes. just, I just for a second thought, is, that is him, right? Those might even be, well, they're a couple years apart, but they're right around the same time period. So, so yeah, so right kind of in that, you know, whatever he was doing uh, in that range, you know, Donkey in Shrek, uh, I certainly mm-hmm. saw that when that came out. Um, so, you know, that's my experience to him. Then to go back and kind of see that persona in its fullest is i don't know there's just something really beautiful uh about yeah, it I, I, I was really impressed well so, this is the end of 1980s eddie murphy right. that run in the 80s right. which and he's still so young like he's like mm. 28 or something when he made this because he was he was 20 i think when he did 48 hours which yeah, is like 82 yeah and yeah. uh and just blasted onto the scene like if you ever watch 48 hours the most amazing thing about that movie is that you find out it's his first film and how young he is and how he mm-hmm. just takes control of that movie and yeah. uh, the the scene in the bar is still one of my all-time favorite scenes ever in a movie cuz it's just it's just like i've never seen somebody emerge like that it's crazy maybe like margot robbie and wolf of wall street might be like the closest example to something yeah. like that but that doesn't even compare i don't think Today, what's your uh, Eddie Murphy experience? Have you seen this movie? Like, what? How? How have you experienced like his career? I just went to IMDb to try to have some kind of a memory, yeah, recognition for seeing him in something. And I wonder if my mom and dad maybe watched like. 
Beverly Hills Cops or something. Mm -hmm. Possibly. Possibly. It was was the highest grossing movie of 1984. (laughs) But I don't remember. Ghostbusters. It's just, he's just one of those people that I think I just remember always being there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I never saw Nutty Professor, uh, but... Is that the one where he plays multiple characters? He does that in a lot. He does that here too in Coming to America. Him and Arsenio this play so many of the characters. Coming to America was the first movie that he really Yeah, he broke out and that. started doing characters and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just, I really don't have a, a strong I'm, memory. I no. mean, I think I, I 48 Hours actually might have been my first movie to see because I don't remember, but Beverly Hills Cop is the, the first one. Like, I remember, like, where I was like, this guy's funny. I watched him on Saturday Night Live too. But, yeah. Um, Mr. Robinson's Neighborhood. and yeah. Today, why don't you kick us off with uh, some of your favorite sins from the video? Um, I love the movie character 101. If the protagonist's love interest is dating someone else, they can't just be lacking in a few areas. They have to be total assholes. <laughs> yeah. I just really enjoyed that. <laughs> I'm like, noted. <laughs> it's true. Um, Especially that. Yeah, it's very true. The Because uh, after I saw you take down that robber, I figured you must have incredible bartending skills. <laughs> And then the one that really busted me was the, here, this is how you close your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I love stuff like that. (laughs) Me too. Uh, Jonathan, what about you? Uh, Well, did you not want to go since I wrote on this? Oh, yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. I should go first. Uh, At some point, uh, relaxing turns into falling asleep and your movie hasn't even started yet. Uh, That's a good point. Uh, So this is considered brushing his teeth. How many cavities does Akeem have after this 164th ass job that happens daily? (laughs) Made me laugh. Uh, Arsenio Haskell. Uh, always always good to have an Eddie Haskell callback. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Nice. Uh, but was his mother the same way before she married his father? Because the queen seems to have her own opinions and speaks freely in front of the king. Yeah. The point is that you was... can't really judge under the circumstances where everyone is expected to be a certain way due to the ceremony. I love that cultural insight. Thank you. Yes, uh, that was Chris. That was Chris. He, that was a great observation. I never It never crossed my mind. I, I just love the idea that this, and I don't know that the movie is, having recently seen it, I don't feel like the movie is as much saying arranged marriages are awful and terrible and never work as it is saying there is something beautiful about finding your own way, you know, finding your yeah. own journey. And um, anyways, I, I really enjoy it. I, and I'm not here uh, standing on a soapbox preaching for arranged marriages, by the way, that, that could have come well, off sounding that way. I just movie, mean culturally, it's, it's yeah. really... It really is a cultural thing that we think of marriage the way we do here. And every every culture has its weirdness with marriages and what it means and, and all that kind of stuff. And so, it does yeah. seem in the movie, in my opinion, they have like chemistry and, you mm-hmm. know, in the movie and they seem to have like a good marriage. Uh, mm-hmm. Although he does admit that he sleeps with the bath women, but that's a whole other thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> it is a whole other thing. Uh, Eve's drafting made me laugh. Uh, yeah that was such a weird scene. what era of the nfl were you watching to see the goalpost as <laughs> a big h <laughs> it's good love eddie murphy in that scene too though man mm-hmm. oh he's so good in this movie glad maybe got, i do like this movie more than i think i do i'm glad we got that fry review from the random lady talking to two other random people movie wasn't complete without it we we both noted her uh we yeah. it caught both of our attentions and then the simplicity of the lion king uh <laughs> was great absolutely great what do you got, Jonathan? Uh, you guys said a lot of the stuff. Um, I loved. What's even more impressive is that her makeup is still fully intact after being underwater washing dick for the last several seconds. 
Uh, I don't know why I, that was so funny. I, it, it was. I love Chris's observation too. I think, and the detail here was the best: beating oh people off at a St. John's basketball game. I have I a question was, about that scene. <laughs> was that was that really happening? So that's my question. I just watched I the, movie. the movie. Okay, I don't listen, know. listen. I just watched the movie, and I knew she was like fondling him. Like I knew she yeah, was I copping think a she's field. Just, I think she's just fond. Are we him, supposed but... to think? But now I'm wondering. After this video, are we supposed to think like he came to climax and he was going to the bathroom to clean up? He either. I mean, maybe he either did that or he got an erection or something. You know. But yeah, I, yeah. I was thinking he just wanted to get out of the situation, yeah. and so he he went to. But but with him standing up and like cheering, like that was supposed to be his orgasm. Like I have never. I don't know. I like. I just watched this movie and I did not interpret the movie that way when I watched it. But I wonder if that's supposed to be what we're supposed to think. I, so I was going to ask you. Could, you. I think you could look at it either way. But Chris made the observation that he still had his pants on, obviously, and yeah, um, and then that. So it was just it was just funny. So I think we're just. But yeah. uh, but you could you could definitely you know interpret I was just it curious if people interpreted it that way because I I definitely did not. But um, no, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, and then I also had the movie denies us Arsenio and Arsenio action. I thought was pretty great. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, don't the, the the mouse. I love the don't mind me. I'm just looking around for the final scene of The Departed, <laughs> uh, which is a great running gag with with Cinemas and stuff. So, but yeah, no, it was, this was a lot of fun to work on. It's just. And I'm glad it's finally out there because I think we wrote this in like October, yeah. September, yeah. something like that. Yeah, and then the it movie got moved. Back. It was a, it was a bit ago. Let's move on to the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Also me. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is. It is a Jonathan week. Uh, this is a Jeremy Jonathan script. Scott Watkins uh, yes. doing this Squawkins. one. Squawkins. Squawkins. Scottkins. What? What? This is a what script. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to do now I'm going to do all of our future uh behind the scenes with uh relationship combo it's a names. Script. Squat. Yeah. Squat. This is squat script. Uh Danae, what did you think of this uh this movie? Uh sl- I didn't see it. Yeah, I actually um, haven't seen this either, so You haven't? I, you know what? I think this is one of those movies that actually I think I have seen, but it was so <gasps> bad I just immediately like flushed it. it from my memory. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say I I, I saw it when it came out. I did not like it. I definitely and really didn't like it this time. Um, I did notice in the comments, though, which this was since we're doing comments section a little different this week, I will mention there were quite a few people that were saying they really enjoy it. So I was it was nice to see that, I guess, because even though I can't stand it, I still think it's interesting. I love movies having fan bases. It looked so. And it was such a bomb. It looks so poorly designed. And what there's, I mean, yeah. I don't just mean the CGI because I mean there's gotta there's always going to be a movie that just does not yes. present something well, and CGI is very expensive, and perhaps they didn't have a budget for it. But what what I noticed about it is that they had almost muted the entire movie to try to potentially cover up how poorly mm-hmm. it was done. It's just a, it looked very ashy. You know what I mean? Like, it it My- looked like it was in shadow the whole time. Okay. I don't think I've ever read anything from the director, Stephen Norrington. My understanding is it was just maybe too big for him. And I, cause I know Connery battled with him and Connery was, and I mean, Connery quit acting yeah. uh, because of his experience on this movie. Yeah. This is, what? this is the movie that stopped. Yeah. He's never made another, he never yep. made another movie. Obviously he's passed away recently, but yeah, he never yeah, made another movie it. after this. Yeah. Imagine being the director of that yeah. movie. Well, and I don't, I don't know that Norrington's done a whole lot since then. He had done Blade before this and maybe like one other movie, but 
he had never done anything on this scale. And I just, I don't think he had, I think that's the main problem with the movie. I don't think he has a, I don't think the direction of it is, is good. I don't think whoever it is, is, has a grasp on it. And also I'm sure the studio came in and they did things and it it feels like a studio interference kind of thing too. So So it's a mess. It's just a mess. So I checked my uh, diary on letterbox and I did see this in 2003. Uh, I currently have it rated as a two star uh, film. So yeah, I went one. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and I have a feeling if I watch it again, that might lower. Oof. But it's just, it, that's the main thing. There, there are nice. It's a nice cast, and there, are, there are people trying to give performances. And I mean, there are things I, I, I can see where this would. And it's fun, right? I mean, I'm a, I'm a book guy. I like the idea of like the literary Avengers, as we call them at mm-hmm. one point. I love that. It's idea. an interesting concept. It really yes. is. Yes. And um, oh, and it is insane how much this movie is like the Avengers, which is, but it's like eight years before. You know, it's just, it's. That's crazy to me, but but anyways, it just it doesn't work. It's a it's a mess yeah. just from beginning to end. So. Let's get into it, um, Danae. Uh, yeah, Jeremy said uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen is just terrible. It's so bad. As Jonathan wrote in the Sins video, this movie fails on every level imaginable. CGI awful, acting and casting terrible, story fuck you. What story? Common sense to the moon with your common sense. The movie is set in 1899, but has Batmobiles, super submarines, and a young Tom Sawyer. And none of those things should exist in 1899. (laughs) (laughs) I think the frustrating thing is that it's a cool idea to bring together famous literary heroes. Um, The source material may be awesome, for all I know, but it's just wasted here. There's a joke in the Sins video about having spent so much money on Sean Connery that they couldn't afford good CGI. And I think that may actually be the case. This is also the Sins video that, as a narrator, I learned my Arnold impression is better than my Connery impression, (laughs) and that both those impressions are terrible. (laughs) Uh, Just don't watch this movie, not even out of curiosity. I'm giving this a cat's level warning. You will regret watching this, I promise. Yeah. And that's the end of that. What do you got, uh, Danae, for some of your uh, favorite Sins from this video? Uh, no one in 1899 London is freaking the fuck out about this horseless carriage from the future that has intermittent windshield wipers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, what a funny thing to point out, like incredible wheels. It's, it's futuristic looking that aside intermittent windshield wipers. Yeah. All that's things. a more recent invention. Yes. Yeah. There's a whole movie I, about it. What? There's a whole movie about the invention of intermittent windshield wipers. Why? And did I imagine that? This is really a thing, right? Like uh, with, uh, what's his name from- Now that you're saying it, it sounds right, but I don't with, think what's I've his, seen What's it. his name from uh, Talk Soup and then became like an Oscar contending actor? Uh, Greg Kinnear? Yeah, Greg Kinnear. Isn't there a Greg Kinnear movie about the invention of intermittent yeah, windshield wipers? You might be right. All right, Danae, keep yeah. going and I'm going to find this. Um, but yes, keep going. Okay, okay, okay. Um... The pointing out the whole liquid thing that if we can see liquid coursing through his system, we should be seeing all the other liquid. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, wonderful. And I yeah, wrote sure. Including feces. Including. I'm so proud of you. You wrote that one. <laughs> Look at you. But you would. I mean, you, you would. would absolutely see that. It's you'd just, see but... blood. You'd see interstitial fluids. Mm-hmm. You would mm-hmm. see the brainstem fluid actually pulsing from your brain down your brainstem and back up. Yeah. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's awesome. That's right, everybody. If you if you get quiet enough, you can hear your breathing, your pulse, and you can actually hear your brain 
stem juices pulsing up and down your body. <laughs> I've done it before. It will freak you out ever so slightly, but it's really rad at the same time. Anyway, ah, uh, moving on. People want, sometimes wonder why this movie was unsuccessful, but those people have never actually watched it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what a burn! But wow, that was that was good. And then nothing is more exciting than a Sean Connery in a foot chase. Oh, yeah, that was one of my favorites. Is Flash a genius, by the way? I think that just came Listen, to me. Listen, I, I just looked it up, and I'm waiting till she's done to say it. And you just I like, thought she was done. I'm done. <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a Flash of Genius, Aaron. You did. You did. Yes, it is Flash of Genius. Uh, it is Greg Kinnear. When college professor and part-time inventor Robert Kearns develops the intermittent windshield wiper, he believes he, his wife, and their children will be set for life. What did you give that on Letterboxd? Uh, more than the 60-some percent it has on Rotten Tomatoes. I really liked Flash of Genius. I think it's a decent film. So, I bet uh, you gave it a three and a half because you do half stars. I do half stars. Let's find out. Let's see Let's see if I Jonathan quit, is, is correct. Have I told you about that? I quit doing half stars because I couldn't figure out what a four and a half star film was. So. <laughs> it's like I don't know how to define this. I'm done. So I'm just doing if it's, you know, so I just do three, four, and five are all recommends. I gave this four stars. Oh, my god. I think it's a great movie. Um, so there you go. I enjoyed Flash of Genius, the hey, intermittent we... windshield wiper movie. That's right. Now back to League of Extraordinary and Gentlemen. Now back to League. That was Aaron's fault, by the way. <laughs> it was my fault. We need you to lead a team of unique men like yourself. We're hoping you can sneak up on the enemy. Uh, just love the fact of playing on that old joke, you know, uh, how do you uh, catch a unique rabbit? You sneak up on it. And uh, I just appreciate uh, anybody who knows that I've never heard that <laughs> I know Aaron and Jeremy are the same person you know you know you're you're not far off you're wrong I have I think I'm not wrong I have specifically in fact he I don't uh, I haven't seen the uh, the book yet I'm supposed to get an advanced readers copy but his new book uh, that's coming out about you know going from preacher's kid to cinema sins guy or whatever yes. uh, he he asked me to write uh, some sort of like prologue for that and yeah. my entire prologue is about how we're the same person um, because we both grew up in the Midwest. We were born literally a couple weeks apart. He uh, has four sons. In the, <laughs> all right. Now, listen, if you want to focus on the differences, you can. Well, but the, I mean, he has four cats. I mean, they're, they're hey, listen, male, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, of course. But uh, but we both are sons of preachers from the same small denomination, Christian denomination. We both went to the same college the same years, you know, got selected for a lot of the same things. Both found our love for movies after we left home. Like, you know, it's it's just, I don't know. It's it's one of those interesting things where, yeah, we are we are very similar people. And Danae's we, really interested. Yeah, she's texting. I'm, texting. She's texting. I'm tweeting. She, I'm tweeting Nick, who uh, had a really hilarious response to your banana thing. <laughs> yeah, I saw that earlier. Yeah, <laughs> I just couldn't. I shouldn't have looked, yeah. but it's just okay. Sorry. No, it was very funny. I, yes, mm-hmm. I saw that at the beginning of the show. I um, I also like Tombstone doesn't know how to Quartermain correctly. Uh, noticing oh that my it's spelled God. incorrectly. I I think I even talked about that on Slack. Yes, I, I, I that think was you did. that Quartermain. That's that name has always bugged the crap out of me because. It's not spelled the way you say it, right? Because there's another, there's a, there's a series of Hammer films that are all about this guy named Quatermain, which is how I would pronounce that. Yeah, yeah. But Alan Quatermain has always been Alan Quatermain, but it's not spelled. And then they, then they misspell it on the, on the tombstone. So it was just, I don't know. I was like, I'm just, that's a weird thing with me. That's a me thing for sure. But it pissed me off. I love when he mentions the Phineas Fogg around the world in 80 days. The He's just name-checking famous people in literature yep. who traveled. Not as good as Mary and Joseph, Nazareth to Bethlehem in seven days, huh? <laughs> or not as good as Frodo and the Hobbits, the Shire to Rivendell in six months, huh? 
Uh, I thought that was really great. Uh, pretty sure Sherry and Giggles only work on Tuesday and Thursday nights, but I've never understood British time zones or strip clubs. I was happy about that one. Thank That's you. That's good. Uh, mm-hmm. They should call this the Fire Festival. I enjoyed that. That was one of my favorites. Uh, I've seen kindergarten crayon drawings that look more realistic than this evil hide. Was it bring your kid to work day at the CGI place? <laughs> brutal. Brutal. It is. Just brutal, but true. We call that trudel, uh, by the yeah. way. Things that are brutal and true. Uh, we, meaning just me, just in this moment, making it up. Uh, Jonathan, <laughs> what, <laughs> what? You guys, you guys, what do you, you got? guys got, you guys got them all. But I will say the, um, why are our names popping up like crazy? Today, Sorry, today, I got The bored. combination oh. of your distraction <laughs> and Jonathan's inability not to comment on everything in front of him <laughs> is just the worst. <laughs> I'm sorry. sorry. I'm no. sorry, Aaron. No, it's all right. I'm We're just trying sorry, to keep us Aaron. on track here. <laughs> the only thing I will mention that I that hadn't been I the the fruit that was on like the deck of the ship that really bothered me for some reason like when they were leaving it so, so I actually, funny like, we left one sentence I actually wrote like four cents for that whole sequence oh my gosh and Jeremy just left one of them in which was totally fair it was ridiculous we I don't even know how we would have it it was like ten seconds of a film yeah. if that yeah but I was like what happens to the fruit man like that's just gonna get wet <laughs> I love it like, why would you do that fruit has become like a running thing on our channels and i just love how fruit focused we are it's a beautiful thing uh all right let's move on to keeping tabs enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. sign up using code buckeye and receive up to fifteen hundred dollars back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet when you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features live betting options and the best daily promotions in the business and with BetMGM at your fingertips every play and every game matters more than ever place your money line or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Hey, podcast peeps, it's me again. Um, mm-hmm. those are my dogs. Mm-hmm. Those are my. Uh, every time I, I talk, wow. Uh, is this how Aaron feels when we're? Okay, we're gonna try this. I just wanted to tell you about the survey again, which is at cinemasense.com slash BTS. So go fill it out. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to bitch about movies and share pornography with one another. Ha ha! Oh, jeez. This is the most public yet of my many humiliations. We're just going to talk about something from putting together the stuff for the week. Um, Today, why don't you start us off? Okay, I will. Just as soon as I find what I was looking for. Are you saying you still haven't found, haven't found what you're looking, what I'm for? looking for? Yeah, okay. Just making sure. Uh, so it sounds like Flash was a huge keeping tabs for you because you did 
all the flash research. Yeah, I just didn't really like nothing really was exciting about that because it was just all research, mm -hmm. research, yeah. research. And then for WandaVision, um, it was breaking the fourth wall, right? Mm hmm. Okay. Um, I did look up the nutritional value of Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I was really curious um, after seeing the side of the box. Is there any that nutritional value? That was a great value? catch, by the way, that they just repeated those um, four they times did. in a row. Like, and there it, was no riboflavin. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, we're just going to take this nutrient section and we're just going to copy paste four times in a row down the side of this box. So weird. To give to give such, like, I, I suppose the back of the box would be really fun. They made it look mm -hmm. like a maze, you know, the... Uh, the very clear wink and a nod to the clowns getting to the center of town and that that's the goal. I mean, that was actually very clever. And I, I do love that WandaVision does that. And they kind of like give these winks and nods throughout all of their episodes to all kinds of things that are happening. But to not even try with the ingredient list. And also, I didn't send this, but the serving size was absolutely bonkers. It was something along the lines of only three per box, three servings per box. <laughs> so they really didn't a try hard. of a box for the, that's like my bowl of cereal. It's like, that's right. for me, that's my size servings. So the normal servings per box are, let's see. I'm gonna 12. guess somewhere in the 12, 12 range. Whoa, oh, nice. nice. Um, a serving size for Lucky Charms is three quarters of a cup for the for the information that's on the side. And I always find that to be alarming mm -hmm. because when you pull a pour a bowl of cereal, a, not even a full cup of Lucky Charms is what you're looking at mm -hmm. for the nutritional value. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they just basically did vitamin A, C and calcium, I think. But there's also iron and vitamin D and thiamine and riboflavin and niacin and folic acid and all kinds yeah. of stuff that's in them. Uh, zinc, like magnesium, phosphorus, all that stuff is in there, but they didn't even try. And then the percentages were weird too. It was like 200,000% calcium. It was, it was, they just stopped trying. Well, okay. But here's they the thing about trying. that. Here's the thing about the percentages. You can have more than a hundred percent because they're percentages of the daily allowance. Sure. Right. But they're not well, trying on and making it an actual percentage right, like right, to, yeah. to, to go, hey, what's our reference? point? So calcium is usually, I think, 10 to 25 percent, mm -hmm. depending. Yeah. Well, they and were they were correct in the like the single. But then when they repeated it four times is when it, it just got, got crazy. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot of calcium. Yeah, it was guys. weird. Just it was, it was a lot. So too much it was, calcium. It was fun to look up nutritional value of. Of, of items yeah. and then also like hey, read the ingredients and um, listen, it's you just don't been a long want, time. You don't want too much calcium in your diet because you get too much calcium in your diet. You're boned. I mean, seriously. Wow. Like it's. I will say I did <laughs> consider writing a sin where as a lactose intolerant person, I thought if I can get my calcium just by eating a ton of Lucky Charms <laughs> like this, <laughs> the, that'll work. The combination of Danae trying to talk about something serious and Aaron making a pun out of it is is It's just tragedy. It's just it's, killing it's, the show. It's, it's, it's just much. tragedy. It's, or whatever Aaron said earlier about <laughs> us making fun of us. It's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Jonathan, what do you got Joking. for keeping tabs? Um, the only thing I really, even though I wrote on a lot of stuff, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, I, I looked up because the Tom Sawyer thing, which I thought was just dumb mm -hmm. that he was one of the characters. Um, I did look up, um, although oddly enough, Jeremy wrote the son about him being a detective, but, um, I did look up A's, I looked up his age, which we talked about in one of the sins because in the book uh, that, Tom, that Mark Twain wrote, which was supposed to be set in 1845, he was 12 
which means in this movie, 1899, he would have been like 66. So 65, 66. Obviously, he was not. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the actor was nowhere close to that. So that was a pretty easy one to just point out. Um, but there was a novel that Twain wrote in 1896 called Tom Sawyer Detective, which I actually wasn't familiar with, uh, or I don't recall being familiar with it. Um, where Tom attempts to solve a murder, but he's still not like it's not like he's in the CIA or yeah. something like that. I mean, he's just he's just in his own element. And he's just and it was just Twain was trying to write a satire. The detective novel was becoming immensely popular at that time, and Twain was kind of playing off of that and and trying to satirizing it. The interesting thing about it though was he got accused of plagiarism. Um, there was a professor that said Twain was plagiarizing a story written by Stephen Bilcher called The Vicar of Wealth the Vicar of Welby, but what was weird was the Vicar of Welby had not been translated into English yet. Uh, it was only in German, so I don't, unless Twain knew how to read German, he had not read it, and he said he wasn't aware of it. But he did, oddly enough, say at the beginning of the book that it was based on a Swedish criminal trial. So the book is based on something, so I don't know, but I just thought that was interesting <laughs> when I was when I was looking into all that. I couldn't really use it, but uh, I found it kind of fascinating, uh, nice. you know. Well, very yeah. cool. Uh, my keeping tabs, I talked a little bit already about the research I did on like old video games and card games and, and for that sin. Uh, I also wanted to mention the Kane Cola sin because that is a a, a Marvel reference uh, to mm -hmm. a character named Kane. By the way, I only know this stuff because I look it up. Uh, I've talked before. I'm not a comic person. But the part about wondering whether it comes in a six pack is a direct re reference to the group that Kane was in was called the six pack or something like that. There were some comics oh, yeah. called six yeah. pack comics or whatever. Wow, um, I'm glad I didn't cut that one. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, so that was kind of a little winky reference uh, with the narrator saying, for no reason whatsoever, I wonder if this comes in a six pack. Um, because the narrator does not get the Marvel references. He just pretends to understand the Easter eggs. Um, mm -hmm. But that's what mm -hmm. I got. I think we can move on to the comments section. I, what you're I appreciate your honesty. You're a real straight shooter. You are the ones who are the ball lickers. We're going to talk about our favorite comments from the week. Psych, just kidding. We're actually going live to our amazing Sin Club members what? to take some questions from them for the comment section this week. Uh, we are in the process of testing out what our live streaming will sound and look like to our amazing Sin Club members during Sin Week. So now's a good time for us to remind you that Sin Week is coming up fast. We're just a couple weeks away from this celebration of sinning and the all the, the new celebration of sinning. The the celebration, uh, the the three new videos, uh, bonus videos that only our Sin Club members get, as well as four live streams every afternoon at noon central going live with video and audio to do live recording of podcasts, uh, live sinmentaries, um, live Q&As, all that kind of fun stuff is going to happen during Sin Week. And that will be available every single video and every single live stream to every single Sin Club member for the month. And then it'll move to its regular home. Uh, with the videos being for our $10 a month uh, supporters, that kind of stuff at the end of the month. So, yeah. So, essentially, you can go to patreon.com slash cinemasins and you can join at any tier, even if it's just the $3 tier, and you can experience all of Sin Week for the month of March. So, um, yeah. you can kind of test it out. You can see the the cool stuff that we do over there and then hopefully hang out and continue to enjoy. So really, what we do. it's a Sin month. 
is what it is. <laughs> well, yeah, it in, really some, is. in some ways. Uh, but the live stuff is all happening that week. So thank you to these willing guinea pigs who have said, we'll help you test this out. And I believe we've got seven members of our Sin Club hanging out with us and chatting already. In our live um, chat. Yeah. And we just we just threw this out like as a surprise today. So it's not something that... Uh, yeah, even, so thank you. Yeah, so thanks for... Uh, for apparently you just like waiting on our every whim. <laughs> oh, you got to You got to take the under there. Uh, first Always comment that I under. wanted to bring up slab uh-huh. says uh, the over under on Danae being distracted at 37 seconds. I've already, it's been happened. I've already muted my mic yeah, twice to yell at my dogs. <laughs> this is, this is what they get so to experience every week. Your dogs had not barked the entire recording until, until we, we go live. live. That was awesome. It's they incredible. knew, they knew, <laughs> They do know. You knew the whole time. The whole time. The whole time. Uh, All right, Danae, lead us through. uh, You're saying this as she is distracted. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Danae, lead us through uh, what some of our amazing Sync Club members want to talk about. We will take uh, three conversation starters since we usually do three comments during the comment section. Only three? Listen, we got to eat food at some time. So this is is how this works. Uh, But I had a big breakfast. I'm ready to sit here for a long time. I don't believe my daughter is actually doing what she's supposed to be doing. So I got to get back to her (laughs) at some point. That's right. Okay. Uh, we'll start with it. Don't connect. Um, asking, well, first of all, saying as it is my birthday, <gasps> happy birthday. Happy um, birthday. I would like to know what y'all's favorite birthday movie memory rather is. Mm, favorite? Like a movie we saw on our birthday or I, I misspoke. I, it's birthday memory, not a movie. Although you could do a movie. Favorite to, sure. birthday memory. Ooh. Um, that's a tough one. I it's interesting for me because my birthday often falls Memorial Day weekend. And so Same. I <laughs> <laughs> For those that don't know, Jonathan and I do share a birthday. Like we were born on the same day one year apart. I'm younger. So I'm younger. That's right. I'm I'm the old man in this situation. I am a year older than Jonathan, exactly one year older. Um, so, so yeah, so our birthday falls on Memorial Day weekend sometimes. So I'm used to like a lot of big movies coming out that weekend. Mm-hmm. And so I have a lot of birthday memories around movies, which it's interesting you made that mistake, uh, Danae, but you know, like a lot of the Star Wars movies have come out on, you know, mm-hmm. on or around my birthday. Um, so yeah, that is a big one for me, uh, having people together and like going seeing a big Star Wars movie or a big Marvel movie or whatever the big Memorial Day, uh, weekend movie is. Yeah, I have a birthday. I typically, I just, whatever my birthday movie is that year, I just, mm-hmm. whatever movie's coming out that weekend. Some years it's good, like I Mission Impossible, uh, the first one, and like Aaron said, Star Wars, and uh, sometimes it's Baywatch. Um, so, you know. <laughs> That's you right. Just, it's it's not always great. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or I think I think, I think two years ago it was Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, of course, and so last year was one of the first years I actually wasn't in a theater, which yeah. was kind of, which was kind of sad. But, uh, you know. Yeah. It is what it is. I don't know any outside of that, though. Like, I don't, I'm not, I've never been huge on celebrating my birthday. I mean, I'm sure there's stuff when I was a kid, but I just, nothing that really, unfortunately, nothing that stands out. I will tell you, my late grandmother um, always got me an ice cream cake. I always remember that. Up until I was like, until I was like 18, I think. And, uh, and uh, I don't know. I just, that memory always sticks with me. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, My birthday sometimes falls on Thanksgiving. Uh, And so I, oftentimes was already around a lot of family. And so there was lots of memories of being with family more than just a birthday party. Um, friendships would come and go. 
big birthday parties would come and go. My mom did try to do several really cool things for me growing up. I remember her having a couple of uh, like, I think my 12th birthday or my 13th birthday was a pretty epic Mm -hmm. with a massive sleepover. And, uh, she took us to the mall for, um, a scavenger hunt where she had gone there earlier in the day and dropped off like hints and notes at different places around the mall. Uh, so you would go into like a clothing store or something, and then you'd have to go talk to somebody and then they would give you a clue for the next thing. Uh, so that was a really, uh, cool idea. Those are fond memories upon reflection of those friendships and those things that happen. Like it's kind of like, it gets a little jady, right. But in the moment it was really great. And I love that she gave me some really epic birthday parties when I was growing up. But I think the ones that, you know, stand out the most are probably being around family with Thanksgiving. Nice. I always loved it when my birthday fell on Thanksgiving. It felt like because everybody, because everybody be like, "I'm thankful for Danae this year." Well, we (laughs) are. It's all about me, yay! (laughs) We are uh, thankful for it. Don't connect and happy birthday. It don't connect. Uh, Happy birthday! Happy birthday! Hope it's a wonderful one. Absolutely. Um, Here's a good question from Apathy, who asks: In honor of coming to America, what's your favorite unnecessary sequel? Wow. An unnecessary sequel. They're all unnecessary. In fact, <laughs> all movies are unnecessary when you I know really mine. think about it. Can I go it, first? But, yeah. Uh, mine is Finding Dory. Mm. Um, Because I really thought they did a good job of making it a different uh, a different story. It didn't have to be completely... T- it was obviously a sequel, but not about Nemo necessarily. It was more an exploration of another character from that world that everyone mm-hmm. really enjoyed. Um, and it has one of my most favorite unexpected emotional outbursts from me in a movie <laughs> in there because I do sometimes unexpectedly cry mm-hmm. during movies. And um, I did not expect to get so emotional when I saw all of the shell roads leading back home. There was just something so beautiful about thinking about these parents who had spent their entire lives just laying out a way for their kid to find mm-hmm. them. Oh, I could, I can't talk about it. It's just, it was unexpected. Like it hits me in a really cool deep place. And I did not, uh, I did not know how quickly the waterworks would come. And then I did, I didn't know why I was crying. Mm-hmm. Um, so in, in every time I think about it, there's just new layers of emotion there. So that's my favorite. Uh, that's a real breakthrough for Danae right there. She described, uh, emotion as cool and deep. Uh, right there during that sentence. So I just I want you to know, take it back. <laughs> I just want you to know you just I witnessed a, a breakthrough for Danae. Uh, Jonathan, did you have an answer for this? That yeah, was a no, breakthrough. It, You're right. It is. Wow. I, I also managed not to cry. I, heard I thought happen. of a few, but the one that immediately came to mind and is probably the one I've seen the most times is definitely Rocky Four. Mm. Um, is that a which sequel? Is, which is I, is Rocky Four? I always think a sequel is just one. Oh, like it has to be the second movie in your mind to okay, be the sequel? Well, here, maybe that's not. Easy to, maybe I'm wrong. It it's has to not be the prequel second. or forkel. That's true. You if know, we're going to go, and, and at that point, you might be right. Maybe it's not. It is unnecessary, but maybe it makes sense because they've had know. two or three movies that have made money. Okay, good point. I'll just talk about Die Hard 2. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no. Go with talk, your no. instinct. Go with your instinct. I'll just talk about Die Hard 2, man. Okay. They're both the same. Um, Die Hard 2, I mean, Die Hard does not need a sequel. Like, there's no reason for that. And, it, and it's got, what, four sequels at this point? Um, but Die Hard 2, which, granted, it came out when I was 14, and I saw it opening weekend in the theater. Um, I was shocked to find out, like, when I got older and was reading, like, old reviews, how much people hated that movie. Because yeah. I love it. 
Like I, I, and it's possible I've seen it more times than the original. I think the original is a better movie, but I think I enjoy watching the second one more because it's just so over the top and it's just so crazy. Mm -hmm. And Dennis, oh my God, Dennis Franz in that movie, Dennis Franz and Bruce Willis saying the most ridiculous shit to each other is, is just one of my favorite things ever. It, I don't know if it's good, but I... I just absolutely love it. I'm almost positive I give it five stars on Letterboxd just because I don't know what else to give it. Yeah. Because there's no six. There's no six stars. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, it's an 11. I, man, I, I'm really struggling with this question, and I think it's the unnecessary part that's throwing me off because I'm like, well, I love Toy Story 2, right. or, you know, but I'm like, is that un, what qualifies it as unnecessary? And, mm. and it seems to be maybe the qualification we're using is that it's less beloved. Um, which is a hindsight thing, right? Like, are, like uh, I don't know, you know, who would have said ahead of time, as, how do you determine what's unnecessary and necessary uh, as opposed to in hindsight, when, depending on how people feel about just it. Just go with your instinct, you know, like ignore that. My instinct is, is, my instinct is uh, Last Crusade, you know, like I, 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 mm-hmm. I, did we need a third Indiana Jones movie? I don't know. I, did we want one? Probably. Um, is it amazing? Yes, it's incredible. It's my favorite Indiana Jones movie. So um, that's my. That's because instinct. you're dumb. It's, be, it's because I'm I'm a real real moron at the end of the day. Uh, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> it's a beautiful movie. <laughs> but I do. I, it's, it's my favorite indie movie, and I I, I just, yeah. It's just I don't know how to qualify it as necessary or unnecessary, but I, I do love it. So yeah. Cool. Uh, Apathy, by the way, has a follow-up clarification about unnecessary. Uh, They say movies not made to be an ongoing story, and I think that qualifies. I don't think Last Crusade was made to, like, you know, like had to be told to to continue the Raiders or Temple of Doom stories. Yeah, that's a little different than like something like you know Batman, where you've got like right, like or Lord of the Rings that is intentionally yeah yeah. telling a longer story. No, that's that's kind of how I took it. So there you go. What's next, Danae? One more. One more. So difficult. Uh, We'll go with this one from Slab, who asks, how excited are we to get back to the theater? Cinema for our friends in foreign lands. It's cinema here. Uh, Um, Extremely. Very. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I'm just, I don't know when I'm not going to be hesitant. I mean, that's probably going to be a minute. Sure. So that's the thing. But like once I feel comfortable, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, it's been really, that's, that's been something that's really weird. I will say not going to the cinema though. I'm probably watching more movies just because I'm at home. There's not travel time and, you know, other things to do outside of the home because we can't really. So, um, but yeah, no, I mean, I'm excited to go back whenever that makes sense. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think yeah, you 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 do the the good service of distinguishing between the idea of being excited to by the way, since we are video, I will mention Danae has now completely just decided to put turtles on the screen. Uh, I just I just wanted to show off some stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, I mean, I it's <laughs> I, you're right. I mean, it's not like I, I was talking or anything or I was trying to communicate anything. I genuinely anything. thought I didn't do it when Jonathan was talking because I know that Jonathan would struggle. But I thought you would have the professional fortitude. Well, we are live streaming video now. So it is. And I started know, laughing. It, so I don't think that, that is helped. true. There was a little laughter involved. Uh, anyhow, the distinction between like being excited to go back and being comfortable going back is a good distinction. Um, my excitement level is through the roof. Um being comfortable is not. And like, when does that happen? 
I think it's soon. I think it's coming soon and I'm starting to bubble. Like I can feel like the bubbling excitement for going back and sitting in a, a theater and watching movies. You should really take care of that bubbling before <laughs> yeah, like, you go well, into the theater you know. because that makes other people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the nice but part of the distancing that happens in theaters right now is nobody can be within six <laughs> feet just, of me anyway, so I can let all the bubbles flow. <laughs> I'm just really curious what the cinematic experience is going to be though moving forward. Sure. Right? That's what I'm more curious. That's what I'm more interested in because I just I like, I don't know that you can, you know, the Disney, uh, one of the Disney execs, you know, talked about this a week or two ago. Can you pull that curtain back? Right. Can you, once, once they started doing what they're doing now, can we, can we pull that back and not have that happen? You know, can mm-hmm. like HBO Max go back to not showing the movies immediately? I don't know. A genie's out of the bottle, I think. Yeah, I, a genie's out of the bottle. That's what I was trying to I think. Genie's out of the bottle. I don't think you can put it back in. Um, can't put it back in. But maybe, maybe. But people that really like going to the theater will still go see the movies in the theater, which sure. is, you know. Yeah. yeah. I didn't like going to the theater before. Right. So I Which am, is totally fair. I am theaters until they started assigning seats that you could like purchase your ticket with a yeah, seat number awesome. assigned, my uh, anxiety level dropped significantly. And I think I've talked about this before, so I apologize if it's repetitive, but my I was raised to, like, a- around this tension and anxiety with any time you had to be somewhere by a specific time so that you could mm. get a seat. I hate that feeling so much because it's just nothing but anxiety until you get sat down and then there's the calming down, but then there's also potentially like disappointment about where you're sitting, et cetera. So when the seat assignments came, I was so relieved because you could just go on, you knew exactly where you're going to go. You could show up whatever time you wanted to show up. Uh, and there was your seat and you didn't have to worry. Yeah. That changed. Honestly, that changed the theater going experience for me greatly. Um, and that's only been something that I've, enjoyed for like maybe a year and considering how many how few movies i go to watch every year i haven't really had a ton of time enjoying them enough to be like i'm gonna go to the theater um and i also don't think of it as a place for me to go to relax uh to unwind to you know enjoy myself so um that's one thing second thing is same thing that jonathan said and aaron as well there's just this anxiety uh, that i'll probably have for a while so i don't know that i'm going to go back to the theater honestly i think i would rather pay 30 bucks to stay at home and watch it on my big screen tv than go to the theater because there's something about that that experience i don't enjoy also if i'm if i'm in the theater it's usually because i'm reviewing something now uh, that was when i was on sif pop i only went to the theater as often as i did because we were doing that that show and then i resigned from that show because it was stressing me out so much and now i do it for a job um but I get to do that a lot of that from just like it's it's sent to my house. I can watch it in the comfort of my own environment and I'm having to stop and go and stop and go. Um, I say that because I also like to be able to take notes and it's hard to take notes in the theater. <laughs> yeah. So mm-hmm. I just for me, I don't go there for fun. Um, I just I go there because I have to. So I don't know that I'll be excited about it. I think I'll be nervous about it. You know, you brought up the anxiety thing again, and I, I have thought about it a lot. And honestly, uh, I'm scheduled for my second shot uh, Monday, and so I will be completely vaccinated. Uh, and I still will have that anxiety until I know everyone, if they want, has had the opportunity to get vaccinated. Once everybody has that opportunity, if you decide not to, then you're making a decision, right? And then I'm not responsible, you know, morally for, you know, what happens to you at that point mm-hmm. if you've made that decision not to protect yourself. So I think something does change there where my my 
I use the I apologize. I use the word anxiety. I actually don't think that's true for me. I don't want to throw that word around lightly, but I I will be more comfortable at that point when I am both vaccinated and know that anybody who wants to be vaccinated has also been vaccinated. Um, that's a big deal for me. Uh, and and seeing some of the studies about how the vaccinations work over time. Can um, I show you something? Of course, Danae. Right. <laughs> We're on video. So I'm sitting in front of my window. You can tell, right? Mm-hmm. I just want to show show you my curtain looks like the coronavirus. And I just, it's it's bothering me now. <laughs> Look at that. It's all it's I see. Not, it looks like a sun. It looks like the sun. That's, you, you know. It's a bohemian pre- coronavirus. You and just, I can't just unsee it. And I'm just staring at it all the time. All right, let's move on. We to were beyond. talking about Corona. It makes sense. It right. does. Let's move Bye, on, guys. Let's. No, no, we can't go yet. We guys, can't go I'm yet. not kicking out the video, people. I'm just trying to finish the segment for the podcast. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but wait, but wait. Jonathan has to say happy birthday. The no, happy birthday listen, voice, guys. <laughs> let's move on to Beyond the Sins. Thank you. That's all I needed to do. To infinity. And beyond! Somewhere beyond my wild history. To boldly go where no man has gone before. Let's take a look at something else from the world of pop culture that we've seen recently. Danae wants to go first. I can tell by the look on her face. I want to recommend a show for you guys. I'm so excited. <laughs> it's called WandaVision. You're still you're still reeling in that uh, that energy from that live chat. I can tell it's it like coursing so, through your veins. I loved it. It was really hard to only choose three things mm-hmm. to put up on screen yeah. though. Yeah. Um, so that will be difficult, but I think I did a pretty good job. Listen, um, you did. I, I think we'll continue to do that for our sin club members every once cool. in a while. So it'll be fun. You wanted, you wanted us to talk about beyond the sins, right? Cause yeah. you're going literally back to, no, like, I can just tell. Are you like, recommending WandaVision? Though? I'm literally recommending WandaVision. Oh, nice. <laughs> I thought that was a joke. I didn't think we had gotten nope. there yet. No. Okay. Go it's ahead. Talk about show. WandaVision. No. Um, I know a lot of people are skipping over the comments on it. Uh, because you guys are wanting to watch it and not be spoiled on it. I am not going to be talking about spoilers, but I do think that it is worth watching. It is now the final uh, aired this morning. And um, I, I think it was done well. I think they put bows on things. I think they left enough uh, mystery in it that it will tie into obviously what's going to be coming later with um, movie tie-ins and things like that, that they've already talked about. That's not like a, that's not like a spoiler because they they literally are like, you must watch WandaVision before you watch this movie. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I know that it seems a little bit of a cop out ish because I don't have something new, but I think that most people would really like it. Even people who uh, are just a little bit of an M, uh, MCU fan. Um, it's just quirky enough and different enough uh, that I think it would be enjoyable. I guess I would not recommend it to people who get really weirded out about uh, the term witch or witchcraft. <laughs> sure. So yeah, that would be the only warning. Oh, and people, nope, nope. I can't spoil that stuff, but <laughs> well, my non-spoiler thoughts are, I absolutely loved it. Um, yeah, I think, I think it's it worth really watching. I yeah, really, I really do. And especially now that it's bingeable, like now is when you can go binge it because yeah. it's all out there. So yeah. Yeah. I saw a few people commenting like that on tweets and stuff saying that like now, now that it's over, I can watch it. You know, I would so. say uh, my husband stayed through the end credits for every single episode because I forgot which ones were the ones that had the end credit scene. So um, just do like I think the end credits start 
at the Halloween one? Oh, no. It's just seven, eight, and nine. It's just the last three. Yeah. Yeah. Can and- I tell you something funny about that? I didn't know there was an end credits on uh, seven. And uh, you guys kept talking about this. You guys kept saying this line. What was that? The please stand by. Creep, creepers gonna creep. Oh. Creepers gonna creep. Peepers you guys kept snoopers. saying that. Peep, yeah, peepers gonna peep. You guys kept yeah. saying that, and I was like, I don't know what they're talking about, but I'm just gonna go with it. And uh, <laughs> and then today, when I saw the previously on, I saw that scene. So oh, nice. That's nice. cool. So I will say though, um, so seven, eight, and nine is the ones you're gonna want to stick around for to just to watch the little extras, and then nine there are multiples. Yeah, stick around all the way to the end on nine. Yep. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, very nice. And if shameless plug coming, if you want to hear more conversation, uh, between Danae and I, Danae is guesting on the next episode of my Sift Pop podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. so we'll be talking about Raya the Last Dragon and, uh, WandaVision season that's one. That's funny. Right after she talked about how that show made her anxious. <laughs> that's, that's right. Right after she talked about how she had to quit the show, I am announcing she will be, uh, joining us it's on the show It's less pressure again. when I don't have to do it every week. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan, what do you got? Um, uh, also a movie premiering the week that we're recording. It'll be a week old, obviously, when you hear this. But uh, Hulu uh, just released a new movie called Boss Level uh, that I also caught this morning after I watched WandaVision. And um, this movie is my shit. Uh, this is an action movie version of Ground... It's taken the Groundhog Day. Have you seen it yet, Aaron? I have not. Okay. It's a it's a Groundhog Day type movie, which has become a little more popular the last few years, like Happy Death Day, mm-hmm. and um, all of a sudden I forgot the uh, Palm Beach was that what that was called Palm Springs Palm Springs Thank you, um, but this is an action movie, and the interesting thing about the Groundhog Day aspect is, and the main character mentions this at the beginning of the movie, it's like he's caught on the same level of a video game and can't get out of it, and that is exactly how this movie plays. Yeah, it, it is kind of awesome. It, it's how how does it distinguish itself from um, Day After Tomorrow? Because that was kind of the the pitch for Day After Tomorrow was caught in the same level of the video game kind of thing too. Day After Tomorrow? Are you talking about the disaster movie? Uh, did I say the wrong movie? Live Die Repeat is what they ended up calling. Uh, oh oh, um, Edge of Tomorrow. Yeah. Edge of Tomorrow. Yes, I, Edge of correct. Tomorrow. I said the wrong yeah, time. I thought you were talking about no, no, the no. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah, no, that is what movie. I mentioned. But no, I meant Edge of Tomorrow, the Tom Cruise. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, it actually, I mean, it is similar to that in a sense, other than like, um, it's treated more like it's treated like a video game mm-hmm. level. Like, yeah. it, like he has, he has these certain, um, he has to get past all these different, uh, villains basically mm-hmm. yeah. uh, throughout the day and he keeps getting to a certain point, then he'll get killed and then he figures out how to get past that point. Right. So it's very much like playing a video game, which I think is the difference, right? Yeah. Uh, Frank, but Frank Grillo is the main character in this plays the main character in this movie. I love Frank Grillo. Um, he's had a very good career. He's never really just burst out like on a list status by any means, but like he's done purge movies. He was in a couple, he was in captain America, the last yeah. couple captain America yeah. movies. He was crossbones. Um, he's just, and he's like, I don't know. He's just this real grizzled, like tough guy actor. It's like, He's the like I love The Rock, but The Rock is very polished and just a different type of action star, right? Frank Grillo feels more like something a lot. Just we don't have these anymore, right? This is like Charles Bronson or like mm-hmm. Lee Marvin yeah. or Steve McQueen, you know, whatever. Like someone like that. It just he feels a little more old school, which I find really fascinating. And he's a good actor and he's funny and he's just I don't know. He's just really fucking cool. Like I don't, yeah. you know, he he just seems like a guy that would. He seems like he would be that way in real life too, but mm-hmm. I don't know. 
but he's uh, he really gets to stand out in this because he's the he's the, he's in like every scene. He's the lead actor, and he just kills it. Yeah. Absolutely kills it. And that's why I think you're going to enjoy this movie because you enjoy going on the journey with Helm and uh, experience it. And I don't want to give away anything that happens. I will say uh, the villain is played by Mel Gibson. Um, I don't know if that's a sticking point for anybody. Um, he is actually quite good in that role, uh, but I, you know, absolutely get it. I mean, he's, you know, he's, he's, he's made very well known, uh, what kind of person he can be. Uh, and I know it offends people that he's still getting acting jobs and stuff like that. I, I don't know how to address that, but he is in the movie if that's a problem. Um, but I do think it's worth watching, especially just for Frank Grillo. Uh, Naomi Watts is in the movie. She plays a really fun role. Uh, Will Sasso is actually really good as like a henchman. Fun. Um, and, the, and all and all the villains are really fun. Like all the like kind of like the the bad guys. It's just a it's just an interesting mix. It's directed by Joe Carnahan. So if you've seen like Smoking Aces, right? Okay, it yeah. kind of has that feel to it. Okay. But I think it's much better than that. Um, at least to me. All right. Uh, he also did the A Team. He did the Gray. You know, he's done a bunch of movies, a lot of action movies and stuff. So it's it's got a good pedigree. It I don't know how much they spent on it, but it feels like a pretty big movie. I don't know if it was supposed to be at the theater initially. I mean, I know Frank Grill is typically not someone starring in a movie in the theater, but I don't know. Yeah. But it if if they didn't spend that much money on it, it looks like they did. Uh, but this just feels like one of those, like Aaron and I have talked about, like that, like those '90s summer yeah. action movies. Like that's just kind of what this feels like. And it's we're getting just, a little resurgence, right? Like you've got yeah, uh, the yeah. Gerard Butler one that just came out too. Uh, yeah, which I still got to see. Greenland. Greenland. Yeah, I need to yeah, watch that. This it felt, weekend. felt a lot uh, that way. So, but I had I had a blast with it. So if you've got access to Hulu, it's a it's like an hour and forty minutes or something. It's nice. uh, it's I think you'll have a lot of fun with it. Um, Come, coming with the Mel Gibson warning, if you need that. Trigger warning. So, it doesn't. Yeah. Movie does include scenes of Mel Gibson. Okay, we have got uh, Hulu, Disney Plus, and I'm going with HBO Max. Uh, nice. I saw recently, and I'm late on this, uh, so I know many people have already seen this, but I finally got around to seeing David Byrne's American Utopia on mm-hmm. uh, HBO Max. Now, if you don't know what this is, uh, David Byrne uh, was a key member of the Talking Heads, I believe. Yes, one of my favorite This bands. Is Not My Beautiful Wife uh, mm-hmm. is probably the most common uh, song you would know from them. And another really famous uh, concert film that Jonathan Demme directed, um, which all of a sudden, I forgot the name of it. <laughs> but, it but it is I, the Talking Heads. I believe... Stop making sense. Stop making sense. I believe... Did Spike Lee direct or just produce this? I think he directed this. Right? I think he did. I, I think he, yeah. he directed think he this. Did. It is a concert film. Uh, David Byrne, I think this was on Broadway. I think he had a theater on in New York. I could be wrong about that part. I, I haven't yeah. recently Something, researched it. But he yeah. definitely was selling out shows. People were loving it. Spike Lee decided to direct the film version. And it really is just a a really well shot version of this show. And what I love about this show that he put together is how completely organic it feels. Have you seen it, Jonathan? No, unfortunately okay. I haven't. So it's on my list. His band is incredible. And they are all free from, like, uh, they all play all sorts of different percussion instruments, but everybody is free to roam around. Nobody is tied into a certain part of the stage. And all of the, what you are hearing is played live at this show. So the incredible arrangements that you're hearing, all that kind of stuff is actually happening from these creative people as opposed to like a track. And he even says like, I'm not opposed to tracks. Like they can be helpful and useful. 
for people, but like I just I my mind was blown at how good this show is and how organic it feels. In fact, to to kind of give you an idea, they take one of the songs and they just march around the like the auditorium. Like they're completely off stage, like all the drums, all the guitars, all like they just march in a line. They become a marching band, you know, in that moment. It's it's kind of really I don't know. I found it really beautiful, really fascinating. I found some of the places it went meaningful and emotional. Um, I did not realize I was a David Byrne fan, but uh, I realize now I'm actually a David Byrne fan. Um, I think uh, this is this is incredible stuff. So I would highly recommend it. It's David Byrne's uh, American yeah, Utopia it. on watch HBO Max. So there you go. That's going to wrap it up for behind the scenes this week. Don't make sh- uh, don't make sure don't forget don't, sure. <laughs> don't forget to make sure you are subscribed. Go ahead and leave a comment or rating as well. If you've got anything you want to send us, uh, make sure you label it uh, very well <laughs> and then mail it to PO Box eight eight one Republic Missouri six five seven three eight. You can hang out with us on Twitter. I'm at Aaron Dicer. She is at Danae says. D-E-N-E-E-S-A-Y-S. And he is at Sam Loomis 13. So for Jonathan Watkins, Danae Hughes, Susie, and myself, we will see you next week. Happy Johnny Appleseed Day. Thanks for listening. Send any feedback to BTS at cinemasins.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment. Find more ways to connect by visiting cinemasins.com slash BTS. Oh, hi, old donut. Hi, Danae. You're a little crusty this morning. Yeah, don't judge. But I kind of want to eat you. No, don't eat me. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. How do you feel? I feel great. Thanks for asking. About a surprise. Wonderful. Great. Let's do it. However, I do want to let you know that somebody accidentally thought that that was for the BTS Discord and copy-pasted your note into the BTS going, we're expecting a surprise this morning. Oops. Oh, wait, was that supposed to be on Patreon? <laughs> yes, it sure was. So I don't know what I'm doing for Beyond the Sense today. Somewhere beyond my wildest, wildest dreams. dreams. You're going to do, here's the, my Beyond the Sense about this song called Beyond My Wildest Dreams. <laughs> I quite like it. <laughs> Right beside a Fraggle Rock lunchbox. Ooh, I like Fraggle Rock. That's coming back. Cast your cares away. Is it really? Like, yeah, like everything else. <laughs> Cast your cares are you, away. I mean, at this point, Worries are you for shocked? Another day, let the music play. Down a Fraggle Rock. I'm just waiting for the 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 grape ape Boop-bop reboot. Boop. <laughs> grape ape. Grape ape. Grape ape. Snagglepuss. Oh my gosh. Exit stage left even. I saw a lot of people complaining about Paramount not just releasing Paramount not just putting everything on that plot. But see, but I, I still don't think people understand that things are licensed to other streamers right. and companies. Right. And they don't even own their entire library. That's what somebody else was saying. Like Universal apparently owns a lot of early Paramount titles. But then again, why is it Universal releasing them on their shit? You know, but whatever. I mean, so here's the thing: the different. It's just all very confusing. The different streaming companies have talked about their different strategies, and yeah. I think it is HBO that has specifically said we're not giving our entire library at one time. We're moving things yeah. in and out. You know, it's similar to Disney's the, doing the same thing. It's similar to the McRib, right? Like this idea that you can kind of generate interest by saying coming this month you know to our streaming service and uh and so yeah i personally i think that the 
the more nice. of your library you can put on there, the better. Um, and I think as the streaming wars intensify, I think we'll see more and more of the various libraries just showing I'm, up. I'm, and at some point, there's going to have to be mergers, right? Like, because oh yeah, not murders. No, not mergers. well. Maybe those two, or but. it'll be like <laughs> I still think it's going to be like a cable kind of package where it's like yeah. some some company will make a deal. Like maybe it'll be Xfinity yeah. or no, well, Xfinity has some random company will come in and make a deal, and it'll be like for forty nine ninety nine a month, you get three of the A list subscriptions. Yeah. And then you get like 30 of the B-list subscriptions, right? It'll be something like Isn't that. Isn't that kind of what YouTube then, TV is doing? And then you can... No, YouTube TV is cable. Like, it's just, yeah, it's it's just, just cable straight, on yeah, the it's internet. Yeah, it's just straight up cable You're just using getting the like internet. TBS and TNT yeah. and stuff like that. I'm talking like streaming packages. So you'll get like... Like, you can choose from like Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, you know, whatever they put up there at the big ones. You get three of those and you get you know, 20 of the smaller stuff like Poker Go and Criterion and Movie. I, I think... And then there'll be like different levels, like, you know. I think that's a distinct possibility. Something like that. I think it is more likely, personally, that it'll just be merges. I, I think eventually Maybe. there will just be like four or five big on companies. The, on the streaming level. On the streaming level. Yeah. Yeah, because honestly, the the... Um, the interface to be able to access all of the con all of your content already exists in several forms, right? Apple has a version of it. Google has a version of it. Um, Roku has a version of it. You know, like any of these set-top ideas have, like I can search for a movie title and it'll tell me which of my streaming services it's I, on and absolutely. I just push play, have, you know? Yeah, so, I have Roku. Yeah, yeah, it does so, that on my Roku. Right. So, so yeah. So, the package part is already, that part of it is already kind of available. So, yeah, I just think like Poker Go will get bought by some. Well, it's like um, who just bought Paramount bought the WWE, right? I think so. One of them did. It may have been Peacock, actually. I wouldn't, and I wouldn't been, be surprised if somebody buys Netflix at some point. Ooh, like, that would be the interesting. The only reason I say that is because Netflix is hemorrhaging money. So, yeah. you think at some point there's got to be like a, you know, if they ever well, have any kind of setback, like they're going to just lose money like crazy. The only company that's really cash flow positive is Apple, right? Like everybody Probably. else is playing the debt game as yeah, far as I, I feel know. Like, I don't know. But I I don't know. It'd be interesting if somebody like bought Net. I mean, because I mean, Hulu's already owned. Like that got bought. So, yeah, Disney's got Hulu. Or maybe, maybe, maybe Fox always kind of had a stake. I don't know how that worked, but. Well, the Hulu thing was a uh, an even stake between ABC, which Disney owned. Fox and um, NBC and yeah. once NBC pulled out basically well once Disney bought Fox they then yeah. owned Fox's share of Hulu which gave them majority ownership of Hulu so they can do whatever they want because I think ABC stuff still on Hulu but I don't know about NBC because yeah. obviously NBC has Peacock mm -hmm. and which is technically free if you don't if you don't if you want ads but... and I don't and I don't all right so let's title it poop BTS live test. What's up? Look at the doggy. Look at the little doggy. Oh my god, he's so cute. He's the puppers. He's little puppers. Yeah, she's eleven. She's not really a puppy. Look, look at the elderly dog. WandaVision. Yeah, I heard that was the original recording. Yeah, it was the original <laughs> theme song right there. 
man, I got to tell you, I felt Aaron that day. Aaron told me he had to tell you you wrote for the you wrote the wrong episode, the script for it. I know this wasn't that bad, but when you commented on my tab the other day, uh. I was terrified to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> but I was getting these notifications, and you were commenting on sins I had I had removed. So I was like, uh. how is she seeing these? And then I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And then I looked and I saw I looked at my tab. It had like 13 comments. I was oh, like, my God. I was like, I was like, and how shitty does she think this script is? Like, because it was just me. And it was like, you know, whatever I had written. I don't know. <sighs> and I didn't even know. I didn't even notice that it was on the Jonathan tab at all. I didn't even notice it. It just terrified. gives me something else well, to think about. Like, I have to make sure that I'm on the right tab. I loved your real time typing into. Wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no. How awesomely gray is my hair getting? That is, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I love going gray. That I'm is still, so I fun. Yeah, I'm. It's still not for me. Although like it is on my goatee. I'm starting to see a real wave in the hair on like the top of my head, and that's like you're getting like the what do they call that? Like peppered or yeah, like the skunk spot. The skunk spot. Mm-hmm. That's not a drag. That doesn't sound good. That doesn't <laughs> sound good I, at I've all. I've just heard it called that. I don't know. You go, you went from gonna, the salt and pepper wave to the skunk spot. <laughs> that's like that's like don't they call that a silver fox? And then Aaron's like, I think it's like it's like silver back yeah, ass I, or something. Some I don't pe- for some people, it's a silver fox look. For me, it's more you know skunk spot. You know, like, let's skunk. be honest. <laughs> let's, yeah. yeah, let's be honest. The other thing I was going to mention is my wife is having this experience right now because she's back to school and taking mm-hmm. classes. And every time she'll take a test, she'll tell me, I did really good. I got 119 out of 125. I'm like, dude, you're killing it. You're slaying it. And uh, then she'll get an email a couple days later. Your grade has been adjusted. It is now 125 out of 125. And what's happening, we think, is she's being used as the curve. Like her oh. grade is the highest grade. And so yeah, she's, probably. She, everybody's getting means. bumped up, whatever. And so she's... Or... <laughs> So she's feeling this responsibility of like, should I do worse? Like, am I am I <laughs> no, hurting people's grades? No. Like, slay it, Jen. But that's slay. weird though, because they usually don't do that if they have A's. Like, it's typically like if wow. if basically everyone got a B or lower. Well, one of then them they'll then they'll bump it up. One of them was above the points. One of them got readjusted yeah. to like you know one forty out of one thirty or something like that. That's cool. it's like she you know we're just trying to think like how bad is the rest of the class doing that you have to be bumped up to 10 points over the possible points i thought you were about to say she's like going back in college mode like she's staying out late well she is staying up late but she's uh, like god (laughs) she's she's out binge drinking and sorority parties and i'm just like saying stuff and she's like what are you my dad Exactly. I got it under control, that Aaron. Ne- <laughs> that never stopped. That never stopped. <laughs> I've got a, a nice giant Toblerone, Danae. I could eat that, you know, if, for my lunch. Oh, is that for Danae? Yeah, that's Danae's Toblerone that she got sent. <laughs> well, we know how you feel about eating other people's candy, so. <laughs> Listen, there was no there was no name on it. He was pretty insistent that there was. Oh, you call 30% insistent? <laughs> he said he was 30 to 60% sure. <laughs> I don't call that insistent. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. I guess it's some level of confidence. It is some level of confidence. Uh, I can't assure you. I did look it over for a name. Um, so it either came off at some point. Or uh, he ate it. Or, <laughs> yeah, or I confused it. it for a Rolo and just <laughs> swallowed it whole. <laughs> 
swallowed it whole. I am I am thirty to sixty percent sure that I did not swallow the name tag. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 